Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Football Absurdity Podcast. My name is Jeff Crisco. I'm here, as always, with my co-hosts, Evan Hoover and Mike Valverde. Evan, how's your day going so far? Great! All right. Well, then, Mike, how about you? I'm doing pretty good. Um, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what video game I should buy next for my PlayStation 5. I'm thinking about Mafia, but I'm not sure. Mafia, the old uh, Facebook game? No, uh, the, I don't know, it might be a Facebook game, um, but they have a new one, a uh, new Mafia out that looks pretty sharp. All right, well, um, I'm going to be buying uh, Farmville and um, maybe trying to, Candy Crush? Lies, a, they shut down support for Farmville. Can, gaming is my passion. All right, so this is the week five preview. No more Farmville? Yep, they it's done. Wow. Yeah, wow. Oh no. What will people do with their time now? <laughs> hey, I used to be I mean, that's what brought me over to Facebook was Farmville. Farmville's still going until December 31st, so you can keep playing for the next several months or a couple months. And then blight will eradicate all of your crops. Yep, there you go. All right, so this is the week five preview and we'll be talking about thursday night football and uh before we do that let's go ahead let's get the housekeeping out of the way so we can dive right in uh this podcast brought to you by fanduel fanduel.com slash football absurdity gets you a, a deposit match of 20 percent up to 500 bucks and it helps us out a lot four for four is a partner of this podcast as well promo code beer sheets gets you 25 percent off your year-long subscription it's a great service uh if you want to join us for our tuesday episodes where we answer the questions that we asked today it's patreon.com slash football absurdity the discord is tiny.cc slash fb absurdity and if you join that patreon you get access to our patrons only discord uh, another piece of housekeeping off the top uh itunes spotify google play stitcher all the places you find podcasts our feed is broken with them for some reason i am working on getting that together but uh the problem is is you update it and then you it runs overnight and it does the check and then it may or may not work what you're trying to do but if you hit me up at jeff crisco that's k-r-i-s-k-o um on twitter I can give you the link to the RSS feed, or if you go to F ball absurdity on Twitter, uh, there is a link to the RSS feed uh, pinned to the top as well so that you can go ahead and put that in your podcast app of choice manually. And we will show up I'm saying that for the people who found this on the website, uh, you can't subscribe anywhere right now though, for whatever reason, stuff's not working. So, all right, boys, this today's episode, what we're going to do is we're going to do the week five preview. Like I said, we're going to talk about uh, Tom Brady forgetting to take his ginkgo biloba last night. But first, we have a short mailbag. So this, these mailbag questions come from our Discord. We have a channel dedicated to podcast questions. We have three questions here from the Discord. Um, first one is, so the Titans coronavirus situation, they turns out they have been basically doing whatever they want, um, not pursuant to the NFL's protocols. And they have a massive outbreak there in Tennessee. Now, as of right now, they're going to be playing this week. Uh, we're getting a little Tuesday night football this week between the Buffalo Bills and the Tennessee Titans. But what should the league be doing about this? Should they be punishing it? Should they set them up as an example? Find them? What should the league be doing about Tennessee? They floated having them forfeit their game against the Bills this week. Here's the problem with forfeits. I'm going through the uh, NFL PA agreement, and if you forfeit, you technically don't play, so you don't get paid. So it means the bills won't get paid. 
So I don't think that's that. I, I think that's not uh, top the list of options the NFL wants to do. I saw that as a rumor, but I saw, thought that was dispelled. Oh, I'd love to be wrong about this. I'll do some more research. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I thought that that was uh, something that somebody threw out there, but that um, there there is actually if a game is forfeited, I think there's still a play or a payment. Mike, what do you think they should do about this situation? I mean, I, I, I don't know what else you can do outside of just increasing fines, um, maybe suspending players. Other than that, there, I, I don't really think there's much uh, as far as punishment goes um, you can really do about it. Yeah, I mean, at this point, um, at this point, um, yeah, they just kind of have to keep going. And my take on this is this is, yes, the Tennessee Titans screwed up. They screwed up big time. They threw a middle finger to NFL protocols, but NFL protocols were insufficient. And people are saying, well, you know, every other team isn't having this type of outbreak. Yeah, but the NFL protocol, by NFL protocols, I mean the NFL COVID contingency plans. By putting only one bye week in this season instead of three or four, which I honestly think they need, um, the NFL was being extremely hubristic. They were they were just saying, you know what? Our system will be good enough to stop COVID from infecting our teams. And they have now rescheduled what? They've rescheduled three games and canceled one in the last two weeks. So that's that's affected uh, uh, four games in two weeks, and it's week five now. They have no plan, period. That is, they're making this all up on the on the fly. They're making this all up as they go. And there was a discussion on Twitter today about if the NFL should pause the season. I'm in favor of that. I'm in favor of putting a hold on the season for somewhere between two and four weeks. Let this COVID run its course. Uh, the NFL takes that time to redo the schedule, put some more bye weeks in, and then we start this over again. Because as it of right for now, every other major sport. I'm sorry, what worked for every it other worked. major sport? Pausing it. Yeah. Well, the the thing is, is that worked for uh, MLB and or N- NBA and NHL because they were so small, the so few players that they could bubble them. For MLB, they were able to get through a co- coronavirus season because they were able to reschedule games. And that's why I say that the NFL was just, it was rank institutional hubris that's causing, that's potentially costing games solely because the NFL said, you know what, one buy per team. And at this point, they need to pause it, and they need to fix it. So what if they were to add two to three bye weeks at the end of the season? They need to be distributed out, because otherwise teams would have almost a month off if they have no coronavirus. Yeah, so like maybe week 14 you play, week 15 bye week, week 16 you play, week seven. Yeah, so that way you only have two weeks off at max. I see what you're saying. Yeah, well, no, I'm thinking also. stripe system. What I'm thinking is that it's a universal buy. Also, or half the league gets a buy. So what it would be is like week 13, 14, 15, 16, they alternate buys. And any teams that need to reschedule a coronavirus game would lose their buy because they would get a buy earlier than that. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's what they kind of did this week. Yeah, by yeah. Re- they. I mean, they lucked out with the game that they rescheduled that they were able to reschedule that. That there was a clean reschedule where it only affected one other team the ravens um if it was a you know like a one of those games where uh you play the what is it the the winner in a different 
division that had the same finish as you the year before, that's not a, a clean one across. Um, so they, the NFL got lucky that it wasn't one of those games that was cost. But for the Titans, yeah, I don't think there's much they can do at this point. I think they have to review their institutional processes, and I honestly think they need to put a stop down on the season for at least two weeks to get all this sorted out. Because as of right now, they're tr- I've been using this phrase a lot this year, trying to change the wheel of a car that's going down the freeway. They're trying to figure out what's going on while it's barreling towards its course, and they need to pull over to the side of the road, change the tire, and keep going, because their their COVID procedures seem to be working for most teams, mostly. You know, where uh, an outbreak is isolated to one to three players. But we got the situation with the Jets today that was thankfully a po- false positive. We got the situation with the Saints last week that was thankfully a false positive, where we don't have things in place if a game needs to get called. We there's just no situation in place for that. So I think they need to stop down the league for two to four weeks and get this sorted out and let the coronavirus run its course and no practices virtual only, just like they were doing with off season programs. All right. Anything else you guys want to add about the Titans and coronavirus and all that stuff? No, Uh, it's, it's still, according to the latest Harvard study, it still takes a week after you get coronavirus for it to test positive, which is another thing that complicates all of this. You can't, I've heard a couple of people say, well, just have them test before the game. And if they're negative, have them play. And I'm like, well, no, that doesn't, that's why we can't do that very obvious solution. Yeah. And, and it's also not only that, but you can, even after a week, you can, st- you're still potentially uh, contagious up to 14 days. Um, even if you don't test positive, you could test positive after that week. So if a, I mean, if the NFL is really doing this correctly, if a player hits the COVID IL, they're missing two weeks or COVID IR. Sorry, I've been talking about baseball so much uh, with the COVID thing. Uh, if they hit COVID IR, they have to miss at least uh, two games. Or even if they test positive, even if they don't hit COVID IR, they, I think they need to take the COVID IR choice out of the team's hands. Because what's happening is team guys are testing positive, but they're not necessarily hitting the COVID IR. Um, they're just sort of like going away from the team sometimes if they don't want to make a roster move. What are the odds they pull in 1982 and just start hiring dudes off the streets to fill out teams? I mean, pretty low. They have what 15 man uh, practice squads. Practice squads. Yeah, that's a good point. I forgot about the practice squads. Yeah. Good. So, so. Okay, so let's go ahead. Let's move on to that was from Jets Rock 21 in the Discord. Uh, next question is from Earth in the Discord. The whole planet is asking this question, guys. Uh, what low end RB twos slash wide receiver twos do you think have a choice to make leap into either running back one or wide receiver one territory this year or next year? So what I did was I printed out uh, for you guys a list of the uh, running back 20 through running back 40. And wide receiver 20 through wide receiver 40 um, as of right now in um, uh, points per game. Let's not go with the sim- like the simple answers like uh, Chris Godwin or Cooper Cup or Keenan Allen, guys that have done it before. Um, let's go with guys that we think could, could do it for the first time, we'll say. Um, and what I'll do is I'll kick it off um, with a, a wide receiver, I think has uh, – there's a wide receiver two that I think has wide receiver one upside um, as soon as next season. And it's CD lamb. Um, we've seen what Dak can do. Uh, we've seen that the only restriction on CD lambs upside right now is the fact that it's kind of a messy passing game. Um, I mean, Amari Cooper is going to be the one, 
But with the touchdown, C.D. Lamb has um, – he scored two last week to break through, but he has uh, six for 106, five for 65, five for 79, and, a, and two touchdowns in the last three games. And these are the games three uh, – this would be preseason game two, three, and four for him normally. So his preseason's over now. Now it's time for week one um, because he had no preseason, and he gets the Giants, Arizona, and Washington in the next three weeks. So C.D. Lamb could be set up for a huge step forward where we're talking about him as a potential top 15 wide receiver next year. So for wide receiver, I think the guy that has a chance to jump into um, you know, a wide receiver one territory next year who's a wide receiver two, uh, he's wide receiver 21 right now, I think that that's C.D. Lamb. So um, do you guys have a, either a running back two or a wide receiver two you think could make that leap next year for the first time? Interestingly, of the 21 wide receivers you put on that or that were on that list, only one is going to have his third year next year. And you know the old, the old saying about wide receivers, the third year is when they tend to break out. Uh, the only one is Darius Slayton. And I could see Daniel Jones either figuring it out or getting cut for a veteran. And Darius Slayton then just breaks out towards the uh, maybe, maybe if not the end of this season, but in preseason and starts to turn heads. I don't know if he's going to enter wide receiver one draft territory, though. That's hard to do. Yeah. So, Mike, what do you think? Um, As wide receivers, running backs, both. Just whichever one you want to talk about. Um, okay. Um, well, I see DeAndre Swift down here at 39. I okay. think uh, Adrian Peterson will be gone. Um, on Johnson might still be there, but is definitely uh, someone that's regulated. So you have DeAndre Swift, who will definitely get more reps as the season goes on. He's an excellent receiver out of the backfield. So that's going to give you uh, – that's really the right now what's floating his boat is receiving uh, – I think he has one receiving touchdown on the year. Mm-hmm. Should have had two. Uh, and will only get better as a running running back. So I could definitely see DeAndre Swift jumping 15 spaces uh, as he gets a lot more volume. Yeah, DeAndre Swift's a great choice there. He was he was probably the top running back, I thought, to, on this list. Um, to end up as a uh, running back one next year. The other option is Jonathan Taylor. Um, and another year under his belt, Marlon Max, a free agent. Um, they could potentially, you know, marginalize Nikeem Hines a little bit more because Taylor's shown it as a passing downs back. Um, if he gets a bigger workload and takes a step forward, he could easily be. I mean, I think he's going to get drafted as an RB1 next year. Jonathan Taylor will. Because Mac is going to move on to. Oh, gosh. Um... Just trying to think off the top of my head here where Matt could move on to uh, the Jets after they jettison Le'Veon Bell, something like that. And then um, it's the Jonathan Taylor show. He he could be going as an RB1 next year and could pay back that price, you know? Yeah, uh, I think he's another great example for that. Um, someone maybe like even Devontae Parker, who's hurt this season and is a 33, but, you know, is uh, – the offense is going to grow and it's going to become better. Uh, he's someone that definitely has a shot as a number one right wide receiver on the team to go from 33 to top 12. Yeah, once yep. Tua gets in there, he starts clicking with Tua, and then Tua is going to have a second year quarterback breakout. I can totally see that. Yeah, so there's that. And then um, that's pretty much it. Justin Jefferson is another option on the wide receiver list. He's 28 this year. But for running backs, I mean, it's it's kind of rough. 
There's uh, a chance I specifically didn't pick Jonathan Taylor. No, no, Jonathan Taylor or grammar's correct there. DeAndre Swift, because I thought you two were going to pick him, and I wanted to. I knew we'd have to have a third. Uh, Antonio's Gibson's Antonio Gibson even his offense is in a state of flux right now, and Kyle Allen, who's taking over quarterback, knows the system. He leans on his wide receiver ones. He did last year with DJ Moore. I'm not saying he will. That's a big if. But he could click, and Washington could shift it up a gear, and they've got the talent on offense. Where next year we could be thinking, "Wow, second year with Kyle Allen. Let's take a look at and and this offense is great, and Terry McLaurin's getting exposed. Let's take a look at Antonio Gibson, you know, in, uh, in the top twelve. I made a face when you said, "Wow, second year with Kyle Allen." Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying if we're, if we're talking about the possibilities of May, that offense could it's in flux right now. It's Schrodinger's offense. Yeah, there you go. So, all right. So I hope that answers the question for guys that could be taking the leap. And then uh, last question. Uh, it's basically uh, prefaces saying you hate trading and never do it. Are there any players that even you are trying to trade for? This is also from Earth in the Discord. That I'll go first. Specifically, be coming after me though. Yeah, but I'll go first. Uh, I have two guys. Mike mentioned one, DeAndre Swift. Um, I think as this year goes on, DeAndre Swift will continue to get a bigger cut of the pie. Um, he he um, he's getting all the like receiving work. He has three catches, five catches, and four catches in three or four games. The Arizona game was a little weird, um, but um, I think that he'll start to get more of the passing or the r- rushing downs work, and then they'll start to marginalize Adrian Peterson. And uh, we all know what Carryon Johnson is at this point. So DeAndre Swift is a guy that's like. The owner could be itchy about him. I I had uh, DeAndre Swift for Joe Mixon sitting out there for three or four days. And uh, the owner, or not for Joe Mixon, I'm sorry, for Giovanni Bernard to the Joe Mixon owner. And he was like, you know what? Uh, He was was thinking about it because he's kind of disappointed in Swift. And uh, he wants to handcuff um, Bernard. But he was like, you know what? Ultimately, I believe in Swift more. But something a little bit stronger than that might get you swift. Another guy you can probably pick up for free, maybe even off the waiver wire is Tyler Higby. Tyler Higby has been extremely disappointing this year. He's the overall tight end uh, seven, but he was outside the top 20 in tight ends for three out of the last four weeks. He just had that big three touchdown week. I did a deep dive on it earlier this week and um, uh, on the website. And I wrote an article about how, the main problem with Tyler Higby right now is the Rams are not throwing nearly as much as they have through their first three years with Sean McVay. Uh, Jared Goff's throwing the ball about 30 times per game, which is down five passes per game. And uh, that's why Tyler Higby has a low target volume this year, even though he's very involved. Um, he's number uh, 14 in uh, uh, slot snaps uh, from tight end. He has these playing 82% of snaps. He's running 17 routes per game, but he's just not getting targets because there's not a lot of targets to go around. He's only got 15 targets in four games. But on a per-target basis, he's still, I mean, he's hes very good. He has a, a um, 86% catch rate. He has a perfect catchable target rate. Um, he is at 2.25 yards per route run. Um, he is uh, just, he's still playing well. The problem is he's just not getting a lot of targets. So you can get him for cheap or if not free right now. So he's a guy I'm looking to try to acquire and stash to see if uh, there can be a turnaround. If the Rams start to to throw more, that can lead to uh, more from Tyler Higbee. You're not concerned that he's kind of boom bust? What do you mean by him being boom bust? I just outlined why I'm not worried by him being 
I, I think the boom bust is a, is a co-factor of the offense not passing as much. I seem to recall last year, I wish we had last year's stats, that he had similar down weeks. Although I guess three oh. and a half points for a tight end is not necessarily a down week. No, you're thinking of the fact that they did not utilize him until week 12. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, cool. And then starting in week 12, they actually started to use him and things took off. So who are you Who are you guys looking to trade for right now, whoever wants to go first? Mike, you should go because like, I'm a different beast when it comes to this question. Um. I, I think the one player that Evan brought up, Antonio Gibson, he's really starting to uh, pick up steam. He's he's doing really well. I think a lot of people frown upon the fact that he plays for the Washington team football, and uh, he, he's he can do it both for you. He can run. He's scored on a couple rushing touchdowns already this year. He can catch. So someone might be like, ah, yeah, I don't want anything to do with this guy. You can have him. Um, another one is that I, I see up and coming too is uh, T. Higgins. He's starting to take over that number two role. So in Cincinnati, and they're going to be passing a lot because, frankly, they're going to be behind uh, a lot. So look for targets for T. Higgins. He looks really promising as a rookie. If you want to go with something more secure, you can just look across the line for the Bengals and see Tyler Boyd. If you want to go for like you know, a home run security, that would be Tyler Boyd for you. Those are kind of the three that I would be looking at to, to trade for. All right. So, Evan? So, there's one instance where I'll trade, and I'll go to in a second. I, I, don't, I don't trade. People on the Discord know that. And it, it's partly because, I don't know about other people's leagues, I'm in leagues where everyone's good. I haven't seen a bad trade made in any, any of my leagues in, in recent memory. And people come in with these crazy lopsided trades and i'm like no one would ever do that so it's just shuffling deck chairs around and i like my deck chairs that's why they're on my team i will however when the trade deadline is coming up that week i will look at any leagues where i have a team that needs to go on a run to make the playoffs i'll do what i see a lot of people doing now i think erroneously but i will start trying to package my bench depth for uh an improvement in my starters to make that run happen okay so no particular players you know, it's just, no, I don't, I, the ones that I will trade for, like you've just named a few, they're all on my teams, you know, because I play yeah. auction and I wanted them more than anybody else. But yeah, running backs on it, if, if you want something, running backs that are having a down mm-hmm. time, you know, mm-hmm. last, last week we probably get mixed in for a song in some leagues from a disenchanted owner. You know, those guys. You mentioned uh, DeAndre Swift is going for cheap right now. Uh, anyone who's having a few, buy low. You know, that's that's the old adage for trading. Look for someone who's just swung away from from where they should be and is going to regress towards the mean. Yeah. See if you can uh, guy who is going to be active this week, who should be on the upswing uh, because there's a mess there. All of a sudden another Ram Cam Akers. He's back. He's going to be back this weekend. See if you can buy him for a song after somebody else held on to him on their rosters for four weeks uh, while he wasn't playing. See if you can be the beneficiary of that. All right. So that's the mailbag. Why don't we go ahead? We'll move on to Thursday night football bears 20 Buccaneers 19. Was this game good? I'm not sure. Evan. This is the greatest game. One of the greatest games I've ever seen in my life. Totally because Tom Brady screwed up. Oh yeah. You nailed it. But before the game, my friend, my, my, my kids were like, who are you rooting for? They were really confused. And I was like, I just I want to see Tom Brady have a bad time, maybe throw a tantrum, do something embarrassing. And they're like, so you want the Bears to win? And I'm like, eh, I don't know. And I got it. 
I waited 23 years and I finally got it. 23 years for Tom Brady to have a meltdown, to be playing with players that aren't properly trained, to be uh, disappointed and and frustrated, and and then have that frustration to have him go on tilt and make a mistake of his own. Ah, okay, Mike. What about you? What do you think? Was this actually a good game? There was turnovers, there was penalties, there was missed clock management. Uh, You know, as far as games go, blowouts is not what you want to see, and this certainly was not a blowout. But as far as uh, games, if you're going to compare, you know, greatness of games, I think it was far from a great game. I thought it was boring. I thought it was a lot of – I kept writing uh, inept drives, just constipated drives where guys were they just weren't doing anything and when they were trying to do things it wasn't working and this was from both sides one thing that did kind of work for one of the sides was ronald jones uh 17 carries 106 yards and five targets for three catches 19 yards he barely missed out on a touchdown but uh the question from the discord is ronald jones good what do we think for him for rest of the season um, I Ronald Jones because they're scared of the Fournette scenario. Yeah. Okay. That's the only that's the only creative thought that makes any sense to me. All right. Sorry. Yeah. What were you saying, Mike? No, I was gonna say the same exact thing you just said. I, I Ronald Jones looked good last night. He had a couple good runs. Uh, Bears play a strong defense, but yeah, you know, he, no. Um. He's, he's maybe above average, but he needs a lot of work in his receiving ability. Uh, he could catch, even though he made a really nice catch down by the goal line and should have had that touchdown if the referee didn't blow it, an incomplete dead ball. Uh, but, yeah, Leonard Fournette is there, and Leonard Fournette is a better running back, and I think we'll see a Peyton Barber, Ronald Jones um, slugfest. One will get 15 carries one week, then the then Next up, next week, the other player will get 15 carries. So you can't trust the situation. So what happened trading? there where Fournette was cleared to play only on an emergency basis, but then Keyshawn Vaughn got injured, but then Fournette still didn't get in there? They didn't need him. Yes, I sir. think it's like a third quarterback. That's like saying, you know, the third quarterback didn't play even after the second quarterback got hurt. You know, it's or the first quarterback. They still have, you know, they decided to run with Rojo. Um, so I guess what we're saying is, is we're trading Ronald Jones then off the, the strength of back-to-back uh, 100-yard games. I mean, sure, if you get something, you know, something for him, I don't know what you'll be able to get for him. But I think, you know, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he had two good games, but Leonard Fournette is just not going to be on the bench. And, you know, I, you're not going to see 100-yard games if Lord Leonard Fournette is active. He's consistently scored above eight fantasy points in HPPR in all five games. It's really hard for me, and that's a steal lands in my lap, which, like I said previously, never happens. It's hard for me to trade running backs this early in the season. There's just so many injuries that happen. Okay, so, Mike, trade him to Evan. Don't I, That's what I'm here is. I'm saying Mike. Mike says... You can't get anything for him. Evan says I value him dearly, so Mike, trade him to Evan. There's Do you your have answer. him in the football absurdity league? Mm, nah, I don't think so. Uh, maybe I would make, make a, the mythical Evan trade almost surfaced. <laughs> yeah, so all right, I guess the answer to that question earlier to, for who is Evan trading for is it's Ronald Jones. 
um, because Evan believes in him. So a couple questions for you guys. Um, Is Mike Evans going to lead the league or lead wide receivers in touchdowns? Another touchdown this week. Uh, He gets no yards, but he gets a touchdown seemingly every week. Um, Are we looking at a situation where Mike Evans does what everybody thought Gronk was going to do? Yeah, he gets those two-yard touchdowns, I, I think. And then he, he leads the league right now, right, with like five or six? Something like that, yeah. He's he's up there. And it's not like Tom Brady is indecisive on whom he likes in the red zone. Yeah, so I guess Mike Evans is going to be everything that we thought Rob Gronkowski was going to be when uh, when they drafted – or when uh, fantasy owners drafted Rob Gronkowski as the eighth tight end off the board. Um, oh. Yeah, is uh, – Here's my question. David Montgomery, he flashed a little bit last night. He's, I think he is above average, but I don't think he's good enough to overcome this Bears offense. So do you guys disagree with either half of that statement? Mm. No. All right. <laughs> no. Yeah, I'm trying yeah. to an opinion. <laughs> it's, it's just, I think it's just one of those situations where I think he's better than he's been playing, but he's not good enough to, you know, overcome this offense and at the same time he's running back 27 so it's like all right so you just move him from running back two to to flex conversation i don't think you drop him at this point i don't think you bench him at this point you just slide down your expectations slightly unless you're in a league where you got like james robinson and miles gaskin and you know a couple other starters that there's not much you can do with david montgomery at this point you just kind of just lower your expectation i think he dipped pretty low in a lot of auctions so he is my rb4 in 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 two of my six leagues which is a shocking percentage so yeah i I have been benching him but it's the situation you just described yeah so uh okay and then so for mike evans got got a, a trivia question for you guys since the nfl merger who holds the record for fewest yards per touchdown, scoring at least double-digit touchdowns? If it's yeah, not Mike Evans, I haven't been paying attention well enough. Mike Mike Evans is currently on track to score the to break the record with 45.6 yards between touchdowns. It's a receiver. This uh, this is only wide receivers. Sorry, I should have okay. been clearer. The only on, this is only wide receivers. Sorry. Julian Edelman. No. I'm going to go with Chris Carter. Ooh, he is fourth. 55 yards per touchdown in 1989. Should we family feud this? Good answer. Good answer. (laughs) Evan, top five answers are on the board. Oh, God. Who was that guy that was in Denver and then went to New England? Wes Welker. That's not the guy, but let me go with Wes Welker. I was going to say that's backwards. Evan, you have two strikes. Mike, the board's back to you on this what suddenly became an impromptu game of uh, Family Feud. I'm going to go with Marvin Harrison. Eh, Marvin Harrison is not top five. Number one, nine, or Evan, one last chance. I gave you a clue. It happened before the number one guy was before 2000. Oh, gosh. Uh, John Taylor. Eh, all right. Number one, Paul Warfield in 1973. And oh, I forgot okay. to write. Yeah. Yeah. He had uh, 514 yards and 11 touchdowns. This is a fun mix because this guy had 514 yards. This next guy had 1,078 yards. They used to call him Short Hall Paul. Did they? Or is that something you just said? Just made it up. Okay, I was going to say, I don't know a lot about uh, football history. I tend to just stick with uh, the current the current iteration. But um, I was going to yeah, say, like, it was plausible enough to be believable. Cool. 
<laughs> yeah, he, he wasn't very tall at all. So I'm like, that makes sense. They, they would call yeah. him that. Yeah, and we have ball. short hauls for touchdowns. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So, yeah, the 73 for the Dolphins. And then number two guy, Jerry Rice. And this isn't a function of him uh, not getting a lot of yards. It's a function of him scoring a buttload of touchdowns. 1987, he had 23 touchdowns. So he did that on almost 1,100 yards. Uh, number three is Daryl Turner uh, with 51.5 yards per touchdown. Uh, he had 13 and 670 yards. Mike, you got Chris Carter in 89, 55 yards, 605 and 11. And then one name that you guys are both going to go, of course, because you guys, I know both of you were playing fantasy football when this happened. And it was 2012, Green Bay Packers, 784 oh, yards, boy. 14 touchdowns. No. James Jones or whatever his name James was. James Jones. The the touchdown machine in 2012. All he did was score touchdowns. 14 right. touchdowns on 784. Right. Remember that year. Yep. That's all he did. He had, yeah, he had 14 touchdowns. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, there's uh, Mike Evans currently on pace to break the record for uh, yards per touchdown for guys with at least 10 touchdowns. Uh, 45.6 yards. Um, current record is 46.7 post-merger. Um, I didn't look pre-merger. Pre-merger, there was a lot of guys because it was just, you know, madness. So I went I went post-merger. So, um, all right. And then I have one. I have two more questions about uh, Thursday Night Football for you guys. Um, for the Bears offense for fantasy football, are we going A-Rob, Demont, and then not even trying to pull any other value out of this? Because, Mike, we had the back and forth about uh, Anthony Miller and, and Darnell Moody, and they combined for six catches for less than 50 yards um, on nine targets. I mean, maybe Jimmy Graham, three for 33 and a touchdown. I guess I short-shrifted Jimmy Graham. So is it A-Rob, Jimmy Graham, and David Montgomery, and then we don't even try for the rest of this? Three out of that is, is 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 we're already pumping the well dry. Playing with house money at that point. Yeah, it's the Chicago Bears offense. You know, the, the things don't change. Yeah, Mike, you know, what do you think? I, I I agree with you, but I definitely I think it's it's yeah it's Jimmy Graham, it's definitely Robinson, uh, and Montgomery. Uh, um, but with Mooney, um, that dude is taking over. He, the the reason. The, really, he, um, uh, what's his name? Um, the other receiver. What's, oh God, um, I forget his name. Not Miller. Miller, thank you. Okay. Um, is he, he didn't even get really much until the end of the game when they went to four wide. This, this Mooney is the guy that is the second wide receiver on the team if they have a second wide receiver. So keep just keep an eye on him. He's not worth anything right now, but he might be, especially if Robinson gets hurt or something to that effect. Okay. I mean, my thing with Mooney is, I mean, it, it, he's playing more snaps, but Mike, you said you were charting this game. You saw how badly Nick Foles missed him on that deep ball. There, I, I don't know if the Bears are in a, in a situation where they can take advantage of Darnell Mooney. You know, that's the, I'm not more worried about who's the wide receiver two on this team. I'm more worried about does it matter? Because this team is a, this offense is a mess, and Nick Foles didn't fix it. No, you're right. You're right. It doesn't matter, and that that's one of the reasons why I'm not saying pick up uh, Darnell Mooney because if I think if they were a more high functional offense, I would be yeah he he should be on your waiver wire priority. But because of exactly that, that there's really only one player, Allen Robinson. Um, 
And then, you know, uh, Montgomery's just because he's a bell cow. But uh, really, there's only one standout, and that's that's Robinson. So, yeah, I, I agree. It doesn't matter. But it's someone you should have on your scout list just because if something does happen with Robinson or that effect where there's an avenue that opens up to him, then he is going to be one, someone you're going to want on your team. Okay. Sounds good. So let's go ahead. Let's move on from Thursday Night Football, unless you guys have anything to add. No. No. Tears give me nutrients. All right. So let's go ahead. Let's move on to this week's schedule. Uh, Two teams on by this week, Detroit and Green Bay. Um, I reorganized the schedule or the, uh, the document for the current NFL schedule, which moved Denver and New England to Monday. They moved Buffalo and Tennessee to Tuesday, and apparently the Jets game is still happening. So there's a bunch of stuff that has no line right now because uh, they're not taking money on it because of what's going on. They got rid of the Arizona and, and Jets line because of a player supposedly testing positive today, but it looks like it was a false positive. So we're waiting to hear back if that game actually happens, but I would count on that happening. It looks like NFL lucked out again and is going to get uh, by without canceling a game. Because technically they didn't cancel the the Titans and Steelers. They just rescheduled it. So they might get away with it again. So let's go ahead. Let's start off with the 10 a.m. games. Carolina at Atlanta. Carolina is 2-2. Two two. Atlanta is 0-4. This is a 53.5 point over under. The Falcons are two-point favorites, which is shocking to me. I know the home team usually gets three, but Atlanta has been very bad. And even if, Carolina, or even if Atlanta's up big, I still don't trust it. Um, injuries in this game. Julio Jones is trending poorly with his hamstring. He's missed three straight practices. Uh, Calvin Ridley was cleared to play today with his injury. Uh, for the Panthers, Reggie Bonifon hit IR. Christian McCaffrey is going to be out another week. So that means it's Trent Cannon this weekend backing up Mike Davis. So for this one, um, Evan, you want to know if uh, Matt Ryan can swing back to the mean or if he'll still be able to f- be unable to function without Julio Jones. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's the worst thing in fantasy is when you put in a player, it seems like he's going to do great, but he has a low floor. Right now, Yahoo has Matt Ryan predicted to finish eighth among all quarterbacks. Uh, this is a this is a player who hasn't topped 14 points uh, in, in two weeks. So uh, I've, I've slotted him out of two leagues where I have him and put in Teddy Bridgewater because I just can't handle the the, the 13 from a quarterback. And and if it happens a third time, Matt Ryan, he's not he this is he's not facing a dec- a bad defense. He needs to turn it on here or he he's not a start I can endorse ever even against a great matchup because he can give you that low floor and I just that kills a team with the how high quarterbacks score in relation to the rest of a fantasy team. So I'm watching Matt Ryan to see what's going on without Julio. It, pull it together. Yeah, to your point throughout his career um, he has played 128 games with Julio Jones, and he's been a, a projected quarterback seven on a per game basis um, in that time frame. Without Julio Jones, he's played 65 games, and he's quarterback 22. So that gives you an idea of of the uh, the difference there. Um, well, the gives point- a little hope for people who are like, well, I, I invested in Matt Ryan. Wait until Julio come, hold until Julio comes back, and it should turn itself around. Yeah, and four points per passing touchdown leagues, he was at 18.6 without it. It's a whole four points fewer um, without uh, – four fewer points without uh, Julio Jones. 
Um, so the reason I asked the question that way is uh, Evan did the transition for me. I am benching Matt Ryan this week for Teddy Bridgewater, but so is Evan. Um, and Mike, you want to know if Teddy Two Gloves can be a QB, a top 12 QB for two straight weeks? Yeah, surprising enough, he finished uh, as a QB four last week and mm-hmm. now has the Atlanta Falcons defense. And as we know, uh, they're pretty bad. In fact, they're 21st worst in defense, allowing fantasy points to quarterbacks. Uh, have allowed four touchdowns to quarterbacks in every game. Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott, Aaron Rodgers, and the combination of Nick Foles and Mitchell Trubisky. I'm not saying Bridgewater can throw four touchdowns, but Bridgewater had three against the Cardinals in week four. Um, and he's got top 10 upside as a, as a top streaming quarterback in week five. I believe he can do it. You're, I think he's going to be a top 12 for you. I, if you have him, like you said, I would take Teddy Bridgewater over Matt Ryan. Uh, so get him, start him if you can. That's what I did. I picked him up off of waivers. He's uh, one of my streaming starters this week in my article for quarterback. I think the Falcons, I mean, I kept putting it. Robert Tanyan fell down. Robert Tanyan did a somersault and nobody bothered to, to make sure he didn't get up and score a touchdown. That tells you pretty much all you need to know about the Falcons. Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones's touchdown was wide open. Everybody went right. And Aaron Jones just kind of strolled into the end zone going left. They're a bad team and a team that you uh, should attack uh, strongly and without reservation. And if it doesn't work out, you have the right process. Teddy Two Gloves is on a roll and the Falcons are sucking right now. Well, right. they're so bad they can't even field an onside kick. <laughs> that <laughs> kick, man. Every time they do an onside kick now, I'm thinking teams are hoping for a Falcon situation. So, all right, next game up. The Raiders travel to Kansas City, where the Raiders are 2-2. Two and two, The Chiefs are 4-0. and oh. This is a 55-point over-under. Evan, cover your ears. Chiefs are 12-point favorites. And Evan is hoping against hope that this is a trap game for the Chiefs, who, uh, one sec, Forgot to note, Chiefs were one of the teams that had positive COVID tests. As of today, they've had no new positive COVID tests in the last couple of days. Um, for the Raiders, Ruggs is a full practice, and a mystery player has COVID in addition to defensive tackle Maurice Hurst. So, Evan, you're hoping this is a, a trap game, which yeah, I noticed. Every- which Hold on. I noticed you changed from something about Patrick Mahomes being a one-hit wonder. No, that was a different question. Okay, okay. Yeah, good lord. Yeah, my takes aren't that hot. Okay. Um, No, every few years when Casey's storming and Las Vegas isn't doing great, they they stop him or they hold him real even. Like the year they were 0-8 and they beat Kansas City, who was leading the division. You know how how division games go. It's difficult. Now, that doesn't really change fantasy, except if you were on the fence about starting Las Vegas players against Kansas City. Las Vegas knows how to scheme against – their offense traditionally does better – than usual against Kansas City. Uh, so don't don't hesitate. I'm not sure whom you would be considering starting. I guess if you need a desperate receiver or a two-quarterback league, Derek Carr, they're, they're better players than they look. But uh, in Survivor, we pick a team to win every week, and if you pick the team that loses, you're out. I couldn't pick Kansas City. They were. I still have Kansas City, and I still have Baltimore left to be picked because you only pick a team once. And I couldn't pick either one this year because they're both in division games. And so... Ah, I would like to be a little bit reminded that because they both just stormed a victory and I lose with my Arizona pick. I'm going to feel mighty silly with those two still on the board. 
Yeah, all I heard was Homer, 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 Homer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> cool. Hey, you know me. I've been sour about the Raiders for years. It's nice to actually believe in something for once. Yeah, Mike, let's talk about uh, Josh Jacobs, speaking of believing in something on the Raiders. Yeah, um, interesting enough, we're, we're talking about um, – my question is about him cracking the top 24. Uh, you didn't draft him to be – trying to crack the 24 you you drafted him to be cracking the top 12 but here we are uh after week one when he was the rb1 overall he hasn't even come close to being a top 24 i shouldn't say he hasn't come close but he's been out of the top 24 since week one uh granted you know he played some tough defenses so that's Mm -hmm. not an easy thing to do and he gets the chiefs now and the Chiefs are middle of the road um, in points allowed to running backs. However, you know, it's going to be difficult for Josh Jacobs to get those yards to to manufacture, you know, being a, a weapon near the goal line when the team is like the Chiefs that are 12-point favorites blowing you out. So it's you're looking at maybe 50, 60 yards on the ground at most. Uh, hopefully he can get in the end zone because if he doesn't get in the end zone, you're looking at maybe like eight, nine points on the week, and that's not going to get you in the top 24. So maybe eight, nine points with rushing and some receiving and a touchdown will get him in, but I just don't see it. Yeah, that's the problem with our Lord and Savior, John Gruden, coming out and saying, I want the offense to run through Josh Jacobs. You literally just told teams how to beat you. We say that again, Evan. Josh uh, uh, Gruden was say, said several times. He said, "I want the offense to run through Josh Jacobs." Well, that's pretty much telling people, "Hey, if you stop Josh Jacobs, I really haven't made much of a, a second plan." Like, I, I, yeah. So it feels like they're all just focusing on Josh Jacobs wisely and beating the Raiders because of it, and his lack of fantasy production is is suffering. It's a casualty. I just I'm going to be honest with you guys. I, the only reason I think that Josh Jacobs is quote unquote struggling for fantasy is because he is not scoring touchdowns. That's all it is. I'm not worried about it. I think he's on pace. Big money for, league, so I, I love it. Anything that it pumps up his stock. He's on pace for 1,600 yards exactly through four games. He has 300 rushing yards and 100 receiving yards. Um, he's getting uh, a lot of work. Um, it's kind of actually gone down the last couple of day, uh, last couple of games. Actually, what's funny is uh, the as the Raiders throw more, Josh Jacobs gets less uh, less production, and they're losing because they're playing from behind. So maybe start off by throwing, get Darren Waller some touchdowns, and then throw the ball, or and then run the ball with Josh Jacobs. But and we'd be remiss to not mention that he's he's been injured too. He's had a hip problem for the last few games. Okay. So uh, anything else you guys want to add for uh, Chiefs and Raiders? Raiders are going to win. It's a lock. I guarantee it. Yeah, okay. Um, if I put down 100 bucks in Vegas, will you bankroll me? No. Okay. <laughs> I won't even bet a pizza on this nonsense in our Discord. <laughs> Cardinals 2-2, two two, Jets 0-4. Oh this game has no line because the Jets got hit with Rona. But before today, it was a 47-point over-under for this one. The Cardinals were 7-point favorites right now. There is no line, though. Uh, looks like this one is going to happen. Uh, looks like it was a false positive with the COVID thing. Lev Bell is a maybe for the Jets. Makai Becton is likely out. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins was kind of uh, messed up with an ankle injury this week, but he did practice in full today. So um, 
fire up your nukes, not a problem there. Uh, make like it's uh, 1945 and you are Harry S. Truman. Mike, is Jamison Crowder still a wide receiver two slash flex option? And I wonder why you say still. Well, he, you know, on the year he's he's done pretty well. Uh, he's he's uh, scored at least 17 PPR points in his last two games, and the Cardinals have allowed uh, at least one receiver to score 17 points in each of their past three games. So that puts him at 17th overall as far as allowing uh points scored to the middle of the road there I, you know james Crowder is like alan robinson almost I, I think robinson obviously is a better wide receiver but crowder is their only weapon on this team and even if Le'Veon bell plays you're still looking at you know a bad offensive line and other problem factors that go along with Le'Veon bell and the jets so that's kind of what I mean by by still uh, wide receiver two flex option. I think you you should get him in your lineup, even if Joe Flacco is under center. I, I think that Crowder should benefit. Okay, and I think that that's Jeff Smith erasure personally, calling him the only weapon. Superstar Jeff Smith, did you not watch Thursday Night Football getting the superstar calls on the pass interference? Jeff Smith is a stud. <laughs> what were you saying, Evan? As long as Adam Gase is in charge and still not letting the quarterback audible out of plays, Jamison Crowder is going to get fed. That offensive scheme d- depends on working the slot over and over again. That's why he's been so great and, and, and exceeded everyone's wildest expectations of him is because this weird insistence on running the same plays and having those plays focus on the, the slot receiver has just kept him fed. I, I think he's a sure start. Uh, especially in PPR, as you can get. Okay. All right. Sounds good. So, um, Evan, you you wanted to talk about Kenyon Drake? Yeah, you know, we I don't want to say we went on a limb because the entire industry is pretty much on the same page as we are. But we've been doom-splaining Kenyon Drake, explaining why you should temper expectations. And if you have better options, it's okay to even flex or bench him. Uh now, again, that, that's not just us. The entire industry has taken note that Drake just doesn't what, – what I think Jeff was, was – maybe it was Mike, but one of you was noticing before the season was it just it's, – it's not a safe bet where he's going in terms of draft capital for what he might end up. And, but still, we're, we're giving our, our readers and our fans the advice about Kenyon Drake, and it, it's disappointing to them. It's, it's always disappointing when, when, when you're told a player that you, you invested draft capital in – is going to underwhelm. Uh, if he has a good game, you know, maybe Arizona gets the lead and just rides Kenyon Drake against the Jets. Uh, are our fans going to trust us or are they going to be angry and say we lied to them and got it wrong? Either way, it's going to be fun and I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. But I'm hoping that people who are downplaying Drake, and, and, and again, don't bench him unless you've got three better running back options, but people who do, I'm hoping that they come back and go, wow, okay, you guys, you, you pulled the Band-Aid off. Thank you. Okay, sounds good. There. Yeah, I can tell. Do you, you feel better? You worked some stuff out. <laughs> yeah, it's it's our it's our it's our readers, you know that that make it's it's so it's it's fun to give them good advice. The hardest part I don't like about the only thing I don't like about you know running this thing is when I'm like, oh, I somehow have to show you that this player might not be, you know, I've got to I've got to put on the goggles from They Live 
and you can see they're actually a hideous alien monster. You know, that's the part I don't like. So, yeah, whenever this happens, it, it brings up some emotions to me, but I'm prepared to deal with them, and I'm going to do what's going to make our, our readers happiest. Okay. So, uh, while Evan takes a deep breath and, and processes his emotions, let's go ahead and move on to the Battle of Pennsylvania. Philadelphia at Pittsburgh. Philadelphia 1-2. and two, Pittsburgh, I'm sorry, 1-2-1. One, and one, Pittsburgh 3-0. and oh. Um, this is a 10 a.m. start, uh, 44 and a half point over under Pittsburgh, seven point favorites injuries in this one. Alshon Jeffrey is out with a non COVID illness. Deshaun Jackson is out with his hamstring injury. Juju Smith Schuster and Deontay Johnson uh, took a rest day on Thursday and or on Wednesday and got in full practices on Thursday. So they are good to go for this one on this weekend. And Mike, you wanted to know if Ben Roethlisberger is going to be top 12 this week. Yeah, he he's done a lot better than than I thought. I, I've been really wrong on Roethlisberger and Aaron Jones. Uh, Roethlisberger has uh, at least 12 PPR points and um, no, I'm sorry, 22 fantasy points. And I was gonna say 12. Jesus Christ, that, that <laughs> sucks. Um, uh, <laughs> 22 fantasy points in his first three starts and his finish. Although. No- I, I was gonna say sorry to interrupt you. I was gonna say no, if he had if he had at least twenty two, he did also have at least twelve. So there is that. that. That's true. That's what I meant to say. There you yeah, go. Absolutely, that's what it was. Um. So he and he hasn't finished anything lower than a QB twenty. He does have a QB twelve performance in week one, and now he has the Eagles, and the Eagles are struggling mightily, uh, struggling against golf. They struggled against Burrow allowing them to finish as a QB8 and a QB5. So this is in the cards for Roethlisberger to finish as a top 12. As you mentioned, Deontay Johnson is back. Um, they had a bye week last week, uh, so they're rested, um, game planned. And, you know, I, I, I think that he's definitely going to finish in the top 12, maybe even in the top 10. Okay, so he would be, depending on your options, you're rolling out uh, Big Ben this week is what you're saying. Absolutely. I, I, Teddy B and Ben Roethlisberger are probably the, the two quarterbacks you drafted or looked at for streaming options. They're the two quarterbacks I would be starting uh, as a normal, even if you didn't draft them as, as streaming, um, even if you drafted them as a starter, I would start them. Okay, and Evan, you have an existential question about the Eagles in 2020. Yeah, does 2020 hate the Philadelphia Eagles even more than it hates everything else in the universe? Because it seems like they, in a year when we're all taking a beating, it seems like they're getting an extra serving of shellac on top of that. Uh, I'm seeing people saying, should I trade for Miles Sanders? Uh, uh, buy low? Should I trade for Travis? No, should I pick up Travis Fulgham, Greg Ward? Uh, this is not like... The usual where you're like, oh, yeah, they'll regress towards the mean. The, the Eagles are regress are becoming more and more injured. Carson Wentz is falling apart. He looked decent in that last game. But this is not something that you want to be targeting for your buy lows. And I'm going to be watching this game to see if, hey, maybe I'm wrong, especially against a stout, rested Pittsburgh team. If they can put up some some numbers, okay, I'll reevaluate whether or not these are these are things that I would – I would encourage for trade targets. And again, that's weird, Evan. You never trade. What do you mean trade targets? Well, we still field tons of trade questions in the Discord every day. And uh, maybe I'll consider it more when people say, should I trade some good player for Miles? What was it today? Should I trade my Dalvin Cook for Miles Sanders and Tyler Lockett? And that was an automatic, eh, you know, back to family feud style. 
maybe they can turn it around if they can put up some kind of a show against a, a, a great offense. But for right now, I'm out on all Eagles. You're out on all Eagles? Okay, yeah, how about I'm this? I'm picking them up for like a bye week fill-in for one of the wide receivers. Okay, how about this? Rest of the season, are we taking James Conner or are we taking Miles Sanders? The two backs in this game. James Conner. Mike? You know, I would take Conner. The, the Eagles' uh, schedule is like pretty brutal. Um, and not only, as Evan explained, with the injuries – and on top of that, you have a brutal schedule. On top of that, you have a um, you know quarterback that does some things good, some things bad, and he's running on running more, taking away volume from Sanders. I I gotta go with Connor, but you also can't trust Connor to remain healthy either. I, I'd have more faith in Sanders remaining healthy over Connor. So so I gotta go with Connor just because. It just doesn't seem like it's any kind of Eagles year, and it's just going to be bad. Wow. So if, you, if you're a manager who owns James Conner and you get uh, a straight-up trade offer for um, Miles Sanders in your inbox, you're mashing that reject button? I, I don't know if you mash it. You definitely consider and put a lot of thought into it, but I think you – what you do is you you up it and you say okay give me give me some more give me give me a little taste I need just a little boost to to make this trade and then you do it okay all right then so um so yeah that uh that'll be an interesting one to watch like I said the battle of Pennsylvania the Eagles coming off a, a big win against the Niners and uh, the uh, the Steelers coming off a big Doing nothing last week because the Titans all have coronavirus. So next game up is the Lars versus the WTFs. The Los Angeles Rams against the Washington team footballs, as Mike likes to call them. Uh, this one is a 10 point, I'm sorry, 10 a.m. start, 46 and a half point over under. The Rams are seven and a half point favorites. For the Rams on the news and the injury report this week, Cam Akers will be back. Um, it was reported he should be back. But as we've been recording this, that's officially he will be active for the game this weekend. He's been dealing with a ribs injury for Washington team football. They benched Dwayne Haskins this week in favor of Kyle Allen. Oh, boy. Feel the excitement. Scary Terry McLaurin uh, is a OK this week after missing some time in practice with a thigh injury. And Steve Sims, wide receiver for Washington, hit the IR with a toe issue. And Evan, you want to know about Terry McLaurin for his rest of season value. I don't think we can determine that in this game. Yes, we've been getting a lot of questions uh, about that. And first of all, yeah, that's the first answer I give, which is we got to wait and see. Like, not even just one game. And also, I I already previewed this earlier, and I was talking about Antonio Gibson, and I accidentally pushed the button in my brain that launched my Terry McLaurin soundbite. But theoretically, Kyle Allen knows the system. Dwayne Haskins had a new coach, no preseason. Kyle Allen leaned on DJ Moore, his wide receiver one last year in Carolina, a similar situation where there was one clear good wide receiver and then a bunch of supporting casters. It's theoretical that McLaurin could do better, but don't go trading for him. It's also theoretical that Kyle Allen could be the Kyle Allen we always thought he was and still is and is not very good for making fantasy wide receivers. So wait and see, but conscious optimism is permitted. Yeah, this one's the the the... For fantasy, uh, the benching of Dwayne Haskins is not really moving the needle for me because Kyle Allen's not much better. 
he's more polished. He won't make as many bad mistakes, but he's not going to make as many. You know, they're in the same situation in the in terms of how many plays, you know, game difference making plays that the quarterback will make. And um, Mike, you wanted to know about Antonio Gibson this week, and then once we talk about that, let's talk about this whole benching of uh, Terry McLaurin. I'm not Terry McLaurin. Dwayne Haskins, and we see what what we think about that going forward. So Mike, you want to talk about Antonio Gibson first though? Yeah. Uh, Gibson has been pretty impressive over the last three games, getting uh, 12 PPR points in each outing. In fact, he finished as an RB five last week, scoring uh, a touchdown in each of his past three weeks. Uh, also, as I mentioned earlier in the show, he's fundamental in the past game with seven catches for 93 yards over the past two weeks. The Rams, if you're looking at their defense, they're middle of the road, uh, and they allow um, an RB at 17th rank um, RB for points. So, yeah, just a little bit over middle of the road. So, with Gibson improving every week and getting the receptions and scoring touchdowns, I really think that Gibson could be a top 12 um, by the end of this week. Okay, yeah, it's hard to disagree with that especially with the running back apocalypse so everybody who took him in the sixth round uh i guess uh your bad process yielded good results because that i will still say that was an overdraft of uh antonio gibson and i when i posted that on twitter somebody said they saw a league mate take him in the fourth round so that guy is very happy that antonio gibson seems to be turning it around so uh i mentioned it earlier the washington team football did bench Terry McLaurin, and there's some video clips of him going around on Twitter having possibly the worst buttons. I keep doing that. Dwayne Haskins. They bench Dwayne Haskins, Dwayne Haskins, Dwayne Haskins. Hopefully I don't say it again. So anyways, they bench Terry McLaurin. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) They bench Dwayne Haskins, and there's some videos of him going around on Twitter with just some truly dreadful body language um, because he wasn't getting reps in practice. He's standing there with his arms crossed and all that stuff. I've also seen the take that this is – setting him up for failure and then abandoning him after he didn't succeed. I don't see it that way. What do you guys think about this benching of uh, Dwayne Haskins, McClellan? I've seen every single Washington. I've, I've watched all the tapes of every, every single Washington game. And not I hard. agree. I agree with the take, maybe not so morbid, but because, uh, you know, Ron Rivera is a good coach, but Haskins is streaky. He'll have a drive where I'm like, well, you really put everything together there. And he'll have a drive where I'm like, do you know, have you played football before? And do you know that you're on a football field, in fact, and that your team is the one you're supposed to be throwing it to? Uh, frankly, streaky with, with, with bouts of good is all I think you can expect from a second-year quarterback who has a new coach, new system, practically, and didn't have a preseason. You know, I, I think it's weird. I think that was a weird move to do. I think any other year, his stats and his performance, sure. If he's not getting the system, get him out. But you gave him four weeks. That's like Jeff points out. That's the preseason. We've just pretty much finished the preseason right now. That's uh-huh. where these players are in terms of development. So I was like, yeah, especially because it's it's not Kyle the answer, Allen. You know, what, what, what did you do there? You just swapped deck chairs in the Titanic at best. And and maybe gave your your rookie you know a complex at worst. I I, I definitely disagree with the benching. So um, I'll give uh, Mike. I'll give you a chance, and then I'll 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 say my take. So Mike, what do you think about this uh, Dwayne Haskins? There we go. Uh, benching. 
well, for this, this, so these are the problems with Dwayne Haskins, okay? Uh, good and bad, pros and cons, okay? Pros, Dwayne Haskins has a cannon of an arm, and he has a very quick release. I mean, one one of the top probably three or four quick releases that I've seen um, at, for the you know for the crop of quarterbacks we've got going. Okay. I think he he leans on that. I, I I've seen him his fundamentals of um, not stepping into throws and um, is is inconsistency of being okay. Should I run with the ball or should I not run with the ball? Um, stepping, not stepping up in the pocket very well. Just so many different fundamental things that can be taught. And this sort of reflects back on Evan's point that you to to take a fun, uh, take a quarterback that needs to grow. The only way to have him grow is to put him in situations and see what he can do. And then once you've run the gamut and say, okay, this is all he can do, then you make that decision. Uh, he's not getting destroyed behind the offense line. He's not getting blown up, you know. So you drafted him to grow with the team. Let him grow. And by saying you can't grow anymore is saying, you know, that we don't believe in you. And I don't really like the fact that he's, you know, pouting, that that's not mature. But uh, I, I think that he should still be the quarterback of this team. And I think that's a bad decision. And I think you're both wrong. <laughs> and this has nothing to do with thinking that Terry, or God bless it. <laughs> I can't believe you did it again. <laughs> I can. Uh, this has nothing to do with thinking that Dwayne Haskins is bad or Ron Rivera giving up on Dwayne Haskins. This has to do with Ron Rivera. He's looking at his quarterback room and he's trying to say, all right, if I'm still here in three years, which one of these quarterbacks is still going to be here in three years? Is it going to be Dwayne Haskins? Is it going to be Kyle Allen? Or is it going to be Alex Smith? The answer to that question is the quarterback most likely to be there in three years is Dwayne Haskins. And he's going, you know what? There's reports. He's not getting this offense. He's not seeing the things he's supposed to see. So, if this was, say, Bill O'Brien or Joe Judge or Adam Gase or one of these coaches that we know isn't very good, I would be right there alongside you guys. But we know Ron Rivera is not a dummy. I mean, he's a quality coach. He's one of the most respected coaches in the NFL, despite uh, not having the best record. Um, everybody kind of gives him the benefit of the doubt and he knows what he's doing. This is my personal take on it. And I fully see you guys seeing the other side of it. But this is what I see. I see that Ron Rivera brought in Dwayne Haskins to his office. He said, look, Dwayne, here's the situation. Here's what's going on. You're not quite grasping what I need you to do. I think you're missing things on plays. I think you're not seeing what I need you to be seeing. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to bump you down to quarterback three because he didn't just get benched. He's quarterback three. So we're going to bump you down to quarterback three. You don't have to worry about prepping for the, for the team that week because the chances of you playing are highly unlikely. And this is what you're going to do. I'm going to super glue you to Alex Smith. And I want you to learn from him. I want you to do what Alex Smith does. I want you to learn how Alex Smith learns. And I want you to put Alex Smith's process into your head. And then we will revisit this later in the season. I don't think this is a permanent benching. I think this is him going, all right, we've got a guy who I think is going to be one of the best quarterback coaches in the league once he retires in Alex Smith, if not the best quarterback coach. And we've got him on the sidelines. Why don't we have Dwayne Haskins follow him around and learn from him? And in that way, he can get a better grasp of the fundamentals before going back out there to try to apply them. Because 
I mean, if you don't know how to do something, trying to do it over and over and over and over is not going to help. And so it looks like Dwayne Haskins can't run the offense right now. So trying to have him run it when he's missing fundamental things in Ron Rivera's estimation, I just I just don't think that works. I think that he's saying, all right, you need to learn from Alex Smith. Because we forget, too. We forget one thing with Patrick Mahomes. Do you guys remember when we came out of college? Everybody's like, well, Patrick Mahomes' is number one thing is this guy just can't not throw interceptions. This guy loves to throw interceptions. People are saying he's Brett Favre out there, you know, just slinging it around. A year learning from Alex Smith, and he went, he cleaned up all of his bad habits. So, well, most of his bad habits. I think that Ron Rivera sees that and goes, you know what? I'm going to take this off of Dwayne's plate. I'm going to let him focus on learning. I'm going to let him focus on growing. I'm going to let him focus on trying to get better. And he's pouting. And you know what? What's Dwayne Haskins? 22? 23? Uh, let's see how old Dwayne. I think he's 23. Dwayne Haskins age. Yeah, he's 23. I would pout at that age too. If I was a starting quarterback and I got benched, you know what? 23 year olds pout. It's what, it's one of the things that they do. It's, is it a good look? No. Is it one of the things to learn from Alex Smith to not do? Absolutely. I watched Alex Smith get benched 500 times each time he took it like a pro. And so I think Ron Rivera is going to super glue Dwayne Haskins and Alex Smith together. And I think Dwayne Haskins will be better for this benching in the long run. I think it will be better for him in the long run. It's sad. Because not to beat a dead horse, but this is exactly what preseason's for. Let the veteran out there show you what he means on a few drives and 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 learn and, and stick to him. And you don't have to worry about the, the the game time. Just just learn from the vet. Yeah, and that's I think they're gonna they're gonna put Kyle Allen out there because Kyle somebody's got to play quarterback. And the games are really gonna be about Alex Smith and Dwayne Haskins going over you know those the the shots on the sideline of the before and after the coverages. Going over the coverages, going over the play calls, going over what's going on, and Alex Smith essentially being an extension of the quarterbacks coach and, and the coaching staff out there with specifically Dwayne Haskins. I think that that's the plan. And, and, and nothing wrong with what you're saying. I, I, I can totally understand that side of the view. Then you don't put him as starting quarterback in week one. Well, no, and they screwed up in that regard. So yeah, I mean, if, if so, that that that's the only thing that I I say about that is that you if the if the learning process is what the issue is, and it very well could be, and he does look like it is, then you you don't make him the number one quarterback. So as you mentioned, they screwed up. Yeah, and and you know what, Mike, to your point, we don't know what the behind the scenes with Haskins and Rivera looks like. I mean, it could have been a situation where Rivera. Because he's an upfront coach, he's he's you know the, one of the reason players like him is because he's honest but fair. Is he could have gone to Dwayne Haskins before the season and said, "Look, you're going to start as the quarterback, but here's the situation. I got some reservations with what's going on with some of your processes, and if it's not working, you're going to the bench." I mean, he could have had that conversation as yeah, well. Very true. Yeah. So, but from the outside, like we talked about with the the the. Bill O'Brien trade from the outside. We don't know what's going on. We're just theorizing. And I fully understand what you're saying, Mike, about the like, you know, if if you're going to give him the week one coronation as the starter, it doesn't make sense to bench him after four games. But flip side of that, if he brought him in and said, look, you got a short leash, man. You're the yep. future of this. You're the future of this franchise. I got to see what you got. But if you're blowing it, I need you to learn. That's more important than winning this year. And you can kind of tell that Washington is is kind of taking a tact where learning and growing is more important than winning this year um, because they're kind of hitting a reset on the franchise. So it could all go get built into that. The new Riv era thing that they're talking about. Well, if everything comes together, I mean, you have Antonio Gibson at running back, Terry McLaurin at wide receiver. And if Dwayne Haskins can get things right. 
that offense is going to be pretty scary. Yeah, I mean, that's a great trio to have. Antonio Gibson running back, like you said. Terry McLaurin wide receiver, like you said. And Terry McLaurin quarterback, like I said. <laughs> so, all right, let's. Just, that's enough about Washington team football. Let's go ahead and move on to Cincinnati and Baltimore. Cincinnati is 1-2-1. and one, Baltimore is 3-1. and one. Uh, In this one, injuries. Joe Mixon's banged up with a shin issue, but he's okay. We should have learned last week to not worry about Joe Mixon's injuries, I guess. Uh, Lamar Jackson missed some practices this week uh, with a knee injury and a non-COVID illness. Uh, John Harbaugh said they were being precautionary. Basically, he's the most important player to that offense. Going to keep him in bubble wrap if they can. Uh, He's going to play Sunday. Mark Andrews showed up with a thigh issue. He should play on Sunday. And um, in this one, uh, Evan, you want to know if Mixon is done with this year's frustratingly slow start. And uh, spoiler alert, I don't think he's done with that slow start. Yeah, this is no big surprise question. Uh, everyone wants to know, all right, are we, are we back to normal with Mixon? Or is he the, the the turn of the first rounder, the RB1 that I that I, that I I drafted? You know, and uh, uh, yeah, and he gets a chance. He gets a chance to go up against a, a solid, not great, but a solid def- run defense and prove it. So yeah, I'll be watching, I'll be watching him and then I'll watch the tape over and over again to be like, uh, is there something different with his mechanics? Is there something different with the line? Or is this business as usual? Mixon takes a few games to warm up. Yeah. And um, you mentioned the line. I laughed so hard uh, last week when his big touchdown run, he just, he ran away from the line as quickly as possible and as far as possible. And he scored a touchdown. So that kind of tells you right. a lot of that you need to know. And then he's like starts because they're like, just trust your line. Just trust your line. And then after three games, he's like, screw that. I'm Joe freaking Mixon. Yeah. And they stopped running him. I noticed in the second half when he started to really pop off, they stopped running him up the gut so much. They started getting him around the outside more. And it, it, it did a lot, a lot of good for Joe Mixon. Um, but it is some bad matchups. I wrote about it earlier this year. I won't belabor that point. Mike. You want to talk about Hollywood, who should have been top 24 last week. Was he top 24? I know he had a touchdown called back, but he still had like 86 yards. So Marquise Brown has fallen out of uh, wide receiver 25 contention uh, since week one. Uh, Since then, um, he's been in the top 50 out of the top 50 twice uh, in week two and week three. And then in week four, he was only a wide receiver 37. Uh, Has not scored a touchdown since. but now faces one of the worst defenses against opposing wide receivers, and that is the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Dolphins allow the 27th most points to wide receivers. I really find, think that Jackson's going to find him at, um, on a deep ball at least once. They get burned. Go back to the Buffalo game. Uh, you'll see John Brown. You'll definitely see Stephon Diggs just torch this defense of backfield. I could see the same thing happen with Lamar Jackson. Uh, is a creep in and Lamar Jackson just lets it loose uh, and finds Hollywood Brown for a touchdown that should get him enough to get him in, inside the top 24. So if you Marquise Brown owner, feel good, feel secure that he will finish in the top 24 this week. Wow. Okay. Feel secure with that. Yes. Okay. All right then shoot. And so um, in this one, I already went over the injuries, but uh, just real quick, Joe Burrow, so good, so good, so good. I'm excited to watch watch him uh, grow and uh, be in the Joe Burrow era. I just hope Joe Burrow era, I just like I said last week, I hope they don't break him. 
So next game up, Jacksonville one and three, Houston zero oh, and four, AFC South battle fifty four and a half point over under, Houston five and a half point favorites. News this week: uh, Lavisca Chenault hamstring injury. He should play. Jordan Aikens got a concussion and route to play this weekend. Uh, nothing else happened in Houston, right? No, no, nah, zero. Nah, Bill O'Brien got the can. So. I mean, at this point, it's going to be Romeo Cornell. For me, I think it's just going to be a little bit of a uh, a a weight off the Texans' shoulders, but I don't know if a lot changes. I think it's too soon to, to make a decision one way or another about what to do, and I would just use my Texans like I would have used them last week. So I'm not all of a sudden slotting Brandon Cooks into my lineup, and I'm not all of a sudden you know picking up Randall Cobb as a sleeper off the waiver wire. It's possible that, that happens. We just don't know at this point, and I think it's getting too cute to try to guess at what the Texans are going to do. So that's my take on it. Um, Mike, uh, you want to know about David Johnson being a top 24 running back this week, though? Yeah, uh, before I get into David Johnson, I think yeah. you, you with Ro- Romeo Cornell, uh, taking over, you you basically didn't fire Bill O'Brien, uh, so I mean, <laughs> that's that's yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I definitely uh, support your point about you. You, you nothing changes here. Yeah. Uh, now with David Johnson, he's finished uh, in the top twenty-five running backs in each week except week two, where he where he finished as an RB forty-six. Mm. Uh, week one, as we remember, we were pretty hyped on him. He finished he finished in the top ten. Uh, against the Chiefs. Now he has the Jacksonville Jaguars defense that is really bad. And again, I really think that even he's been hovering that top 24. I think he breaks it, even can finish in the top 12 this week. So play him with confidence. You're probably already going to start him anyways. And maybe an RB2 slot or an RB1 since you drafted him probably with inside the top five rounds. And he's going to pay off for you this week. All right. Yeah, that's that's good to hear for um, the people who, like, say, for example, traded Tyler Lockett for uh, uh, Buda Baker and David Johnson. Shout out to Joe Berg. <laughs> he's the guy, I keep, my, my buddy, who I keep bringing up, who my co-host on my action movie podcast, Reactionaries Podcast. That one, actually, wherever you get podcasts. Just put a little plug in there. Uh, this podcast is bought, brought to you by my other podcast. But, um, yeah, David Johnson, I think um, my only concern is Duke Johnson's return. His snap count dropped. But we'll see how that that works out this week um, with the uh, David Johnson, Duke Johnson split. So, Evan, you want to know about DJ Chark and uh, Robinson, uh, James Robinson. Will they be automatic starts? And I say absolutely. What do you say? All right, thank I you. Wanted to put a, oh. I wanted to put a pause in there because I, I'm very sorry. I need to take a two-minute break. I, I think our cat took a massive poop somewhere because it reeks. So I either need to go clean it up or get air freshener. I can't, I can't even concentrate. Okay, I'm go. so sorry. Go for I'm it. so sorry. Go for it. Yeah, I really didn't want to ask that question to ponder, hey, is Chark – or Robinson going to be an automatic RB2 or RB2. I just wanted to celebrate that Robinson is now being mentioned in the same sentence as Chark in terms of startability. And it's always wonderful when we get a new running back that we can start every week because there's so few of them. So I'm going to be excitedly watching Robinson, excitedly watching Chark, just to see if there's any any chinks in the armor there. Uh, besides Gardner Minshew, Gardner Minshew nailed its erratic, erraticism, nailed it. Uh, 
But yeah, I'll just be watching this and I'll say, hey, is this is this going to be is this offense taking it to the next level? And does that mean we can go ahead and start slotting me in the first slot in terms of fantasy? Chark and Robinson, they've been playing like it. I hope you traded for him before they got big. I like the idea, Evan. I know that this isn't what you're saying, but I like the idea that you're like, okay, this guy goes in the first running back slot, and this guy goes in the second running back slot. And this guy's not as good, so he goes in the flat. The one problem, I kind of am, but the one problem with that is the flex shot should always be for your latest start. But yeah, I kind of like that. I guess I bring a lot of emotion when I set my lineup. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it, but it, it's just funny. I know that's not what you're saying, but that's what it, it just sounds like that. So, all right, let's go. Ahead. Let's move on to Miami at San Francisco. Miami one and three. San Francisco two and two. This is a 105 start, 51 and a half point over under. Niners are nine point favorites for San Francisco. Jimmy Garoppolo is back. That was announced today. Raheem Mostert is most likely back. Debo Samuel is questionable with tummy troubles, non-COVID. He's probably going to play. And just to keep track of the 49ers players going on IR, Ziggy Ansah and Kawan Williams have been added to IR. They've added at least two players every week for my history or for my memory. This is fun. I am having fun. Who loves some NFL football? Uh, for Miami, their left tackle, Austin Jackson, is probably not going to play um, because he went on IR. That's the rest of my notes. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to start because of that, because they're not going to get Tua Tungle-Vailoa killed. And uh, Devontae Parker has been dealing with an ankle injury, but he is okay and should play this weekend. So, Evan, can Miami's offense consistently produce in fantasy is your question. Miami's offense feels like, gosh, when you first learn to ride a bike, and you're like, okay, I, I kind of, I, I'm kind of doing it. I'm riding a bike, but at any minute, you could just wipe. You know, it's it. Miles Gaskin has been okay flex running back. Sometimes even getting possible double digit points. You know, Devontae Parker has at times been who we thought he was, but it's still I can't get over the feeling that any given game they could get blanked, and everyone has a bad game because it just well first of all Ryan Fitzpatrick is in charge and he's not the stoic leader that we look for in a fantasy production. But also it just you know people get dinged up. The Niners are mean. I, I, I'm watching this. I, I, it's funny how I feel like they, they have a similar path to fantasy as the Jaguars. You know, they have a, 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 a wide receiver that we expected to do well. They have a so-so quarterback. They have an out-of-left field running back that's getting the bell cow carries. But how I feel about Jacksonville's fantasy offense versus Miami's is night and day. Day and night, actually, to correspond correctly. So I'm going to be watching uh, the tape of Miami uh, to see, hey, what, why is this, is this based on actual stats, or am I just kind of going with my opinion of Ryan Fitzpatrick? Are you guys looking like a functional offense, even when pressure's on, or what's going on? I'm really going to put them under the microscope this week, more than any other team on tape. Okay. Uh, it's going to be a tough, tough, uh, tough look, because uh, the Niners, through all their problems, still have a pretty good defense. So I you're, I don't think you're going to like what you see for Miami, or unless they blow it up, and then you'll really like what you see. But if they don't do well, I think it's a, a push week for, for the Dolphins. So, uh, Mike, you want to know if Debo Samuel, who's got the tummy rumblies, uh, if he, uh, he ate a burrito-zilla, that's a reference for all my uh, San Jose folks. I um, love burrito-zilla. <laughs> uh, he ate a burrito-zilla and having tummy troubles. You want to know if he's a top 24 wide receiver? Did, did you see Man vs. Food episode of Burrito-Zilla? Of course I did. They went there, and he went, uh, Man vs. Food, he went there, and then um, 
Fire Wings. No, not Fire Wings. That's the Sacramento chain. What is it called? Smoke Eaters. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So speaking of Smoke Eaters, uh, I, I I think Debo Samuel is going to crack the top 24, but... I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you, Jeff. What what do you think? What do you see out of Debo Samuel this week against that horrid Miami Dolphins defense? Well, I I think a lot of it depends on what Kyle Shanahan decides he wants to do um, this week. I know that last season, um, when George Kittle was healthy and playing, and he had 15 targets, 15 catches last week, I would call him fully healthy at this point. Debo Samuel did kind of take a little bit of a backseat and he um, the only reason he remained sort of fantasy relevant down the stretch was because of a lot of rushing yards. Well, I mean, now they have Brandon Ayuk and um, I heard something this week that was shocking to me. Shocking. Jimmy Garoppolo, Raheem Mostert, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk and and Debo Samuel had all the five of them had not practiced together until this week. So those are kind of the top five pieces of 49ers offense to worry about. And we don't know what it looks like when they're all healthy because they haven't all been healthy. So I'm not thinking Debo Samuel is top 24 this week. I'm kind of breaking ties away from him just because he had a marginal slot last year with George Kittle. And then that slot has been kind of also filled up with Brandon Ayuk. So we have kind of seen sort of a, uh, a, a squishing down of his opportunities, kind of like you think of like I was talking about with Sony Michelle earlier in the year where he's hemmed in on one side by Cam Newton and he's hemmed in on the other side by James White, where it might give him a narrow band of outcomes. So as of right now, I'm being cautious with Debo Samuel. He only had, I think, three catches and one carry last week. So four touches, not a lot. So I am this week going to be cautious with Debo Samuel. If you get desperate and have to put him in, I'm starting him somewhere because I have two flex two flex spots, three wide receivers, and Devontae Adams. So I'm kind of stuck in a league. And um, I'm starting him, but I'm not expecting more than low-end flex numbers out of him this week. And if I'm wrong, I'm going to be happy, but I'm going to be cautious with Debo this week. I like it. Um, I should make a correction here. Um, going back to Marquise Brown, for some reason in my mind, I had them playing Miami Dolphins and talked about their defensive backs being burned. They're playing the Bengals. Bengals oh. are a much different story. So, uh, go back. I just, I just let you have it. I didn't even question it. See what happens <laughs> when I trust you, Mike? I, I blow it. I, I swear you, you, people trust me and you know, I just let them down. I, 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 it's, it's a problem I'm, I must fix. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so with the Bengals, um, I said Mark. Uh, with the Dolphins, I said Marquise Brown is a top twenty-four. With the Bengals, I say he's not. So completely change of direction there. Ah, see, Mike's playing both sides. So if he's right, he can cut the part where he says he's going to be top twenty-four. <laughs> and if he isn't top twenty-four, he can cut this part. See, I know what you're doing. You're making a sizzle reel. No matter what happens, you're right. You're playing both sides. So no matter what happens, you come up on top. Uh, Mac from Sunny Style. I like that. I, I, I think I think you, you know what I'm always right. I don't even need to cut things because you know I'm perfect. There you go. And speaking of times you were right when you picked the Indianapolis Colts as your team. How about that transition, huh? Colts three and one, Browns three and one, forty eight point over under, and this one is a pick 'em, straight even. And injuries in this one uh, might cover your ears. Darius Leonard is not going to play this weekend. Anthony Costanzo is not going to play this weekend. Ooh. But that seems to be the end of the injury report for the Colts, unless, Mike, you 
know of anything else that I you're more plugged in than I am with the Colts? No, not not updated uh, as far as um, injuries. Um, you know, of course we have those past injuries, but yeah, okay. as far as yeah, Darius Leonard I think is an ankle or uh, Darius Leonard is a groin, so leg. Yeah, groin, and then Anthony Costanzo is ribs. Uh, for the Browns, OBJ and Hunt were limited this week, but they were just playing it safe by reports. David Njoku was activated from short-term IR, and uh, they got three weeks to put him on the active roster or kick him to IR for the rest of the season. Um, something to keep an eye on. Uh, Nick Chubb, with his knee injury, went on short-term IR, and they do expect him back somewhere between a month and two months. So in this game, uh, uh, Mike, we'll start with you. Is it T.Y. Hilton time? And uh, Mike, he was on my drop list this week. So let's hear about T.Y. Hilton. Even though I think he is droppable and I wouldn't refute that, I really think that this is going to be the week that T.Y. Hilton becomes what we've always hoped T.Y. Hilton would be this season. And I do see a touchdown out of him. I do see a typical kind of Hilton game against this Cleveland Browns defense. But then come next week, you're, you're going to see the, the three reception for 40 yards kind of kind of situation again but if you still have ty hilton on your team and you're looking for an opportunity to play him this is the week to do so okay so this is is this your last stand game with ty hilton if he blows this he's dead to you yeah if he blows this if if he if he does another three for 40 or something to that effect yeah for he's done forget about it there's no excuse for for T.Y. Hilton not to get at least a touchdown in this game um, or have an have a, you know, 10 for for, you know, once 50, that kind of game that he should be in the top 12 of wide receivers, um, if not in the top five against this Browns defense. And if he isn't, then, yeah, cut cut all ties. Let him go. Let him go. All right, Evan, here's your victory lap for Kareem Hunt. Well, we'll see. We got Indianapolis. You know, Kareem Hunt, yeah. Kareem Hunt supposed to be putting up wide running back one numbers when Chubb went down. So now it's time to do it. Don't give me that Indianapolis D is really tough. Don't give me that I'm banged up in my pelvic bowl nonsense. You get out there and you do it, and then you are my fantasy football MVP. So I'm watching Kareem Hunt. And really, like you said, I'm kind of just doing a victory lap because I have him going in three leagues. Okay, yeah, Kareem Hunt was a, a guy that we were we were big on this preseason, and Evan, you put your name to him. But uh, I said it when Nick Chubb got hurt, and I said, and remember in the preseason when he got hurt and then he came back, I said, look inside yourself. How did you feel about Kareem Hunt in that situation where you thought Nick Chubb might be gone for a very long time? And you need to adjust where you want to draft him accordingly, because if that happens in the regular season, he's a league winner. Well, we're there. Nick Chubb's going to be gone for a while, by reports. So um, if you took that gut check and moved Kareem Hunt up your draft boards, well, then congratulations. I put my uh, money where my mouth, mouth is. I paid $38 out of 200 for him at auction, which is running back two money. Good gosh. Good golly. Yeah. That's. I mean, <laughs> I mean, he was worth that without the uh, without the injury, and now he's off the uh off the charts in terms of uh, value now for that for that bit amount during your draft all right next one up giants before, 
before we uh, go in, yes. wh- wh- what are you guys' thoughts on Deionis Johnson? Is he? I mean, obviously he's not a Nick Chubb, but do you, as far as volume wise, do you see a good split, or do you see this just being Kareem Hunt's backfield? Um, that's there's hard to narrative. Say. Go for it. Okay, there's a narrative where uh, uh, they uh, uh, for all I joke, Kareem Hunt did have a a, a groin pelvic injury that he was playing through. There's a narrative that they just didn't want to lean on Kareem Hunt. Uh, there's another narrative that Kareem Hunt, they don't want to run into the front line. So it could go either way. I'm suspecting that they know what they're doing. They want to run the ball. Kareem Hunt is great at football. Dernis Johnson is a running back three, and they'll they'll do it right. Yeah, I mean, Dernis Johnson, not a great 40 time, not great overall. I mean, he's shown in the AAF, but so did Trent Richardson. Um, I think what he did last week was sort of a byproduct of playing against the banged up Cowboys um, without, you know, they didn't have Leighton Van Der Esch, um, and, you know, their run defense was a sieve. Um, I think Evan's right. They were trying to preserve Kareem Hunt. Um, I think it was also partially psychological. They're like, well, we can't have Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb get injured in the same game. So they, um, they rode Dernis Johnson a little bit more. I do think he'll probably get around maybe 12 touches a game um, just because that's the, Stef- the Stefanski system. Easy for you to say. The Stefanski, Stefanski system. Nailed it. Got it. Um, in Cleveland is to have two backs. So I think he'll get some touches. But I also think that Hilliard's going to cut into that a little bit as well. So I think he has some limited upside. Um, again, another thing that I'm be more than happy to be wrong about, but that's just kind of how I read the tea leaves. Yeah, I actually got him in, on waivers, and I'm, I'm not playing him this week because I, I have no idea what they're going to do with him. Yeah, I uh, so I had first waivers in a league, and somebody already had Damian Harris, so my choice was between Justin Jackson and Dernis Johnson, and I went with Justin Jackson um, in L.A., and then I'm not playing him this week either because I didn't even see that they were playing New Orleans this week. So I'm like, freaking great. Uh, going up against one of the best uh, run Ds in the league this year. So awesome, awesome, awesome. So we'll see how that plays out. But yeah, that's a good question, Mike, about Dernis Johnson um, there in Cleveland. All right, now we're ready to move on to the Giants and the Cowboys. Giants 0-4, Cowboys 1-3. and 125 start in this one, 54-point over-under, Dallas 8.5-point favorites. Injuries in this game. Giants didn't have any of note. Uh, nothing that showed up um, as high as uh, headlines on Roto World this week. For the Cowboys, a big one. Tyron Smith, their left tackle, their star left tackle. Um, wait. Oh, I'm thinking of Jalen Smith. I was going to say, wait, I thought he was a linebacker. But yeah, Tyron Smith, their star left tackle. Uh, he is out for the season with a neck issue. They have they announced that today, so he will be done for the year, and that's going to suck loudly for both Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott. Um, the other injury for them is Dalton Schultz. He has a thigh issue, but he should be okay. Or as I call him, uh, Blake Jarwin flowchart. That's, uh, that's what we're doing with Dalton Schultz. And so, Evan, you want to know why this battle of NFC East juggernauts isn't in prime time? Yeah. Uh, I think it's very telling that the Giants are playing Dallas, and they're not on primetime. As you know, the primetime schedule heavily favors NFC East battles. That is how bad these teams are. New York Giants, they, they, they cannot field a fantasy wide receiver or running back to save their lives. Just pick somebody. Evan Ingram, do something. Uh, Dallas, 
Again, that that was very tragic about the neck injury. I'm I'm honestly, for what it's going to ruin for fantasy, I'm glad he's taking some time off because those are no joke. Those end careers. So I'm I'm glad that he's rehabbing that. It, it's too bad though because now Dallas is going to look crazy. Uh, this is going to be a game where I watch it on tape and I, I hesitate before clicking play. I just sit there with a trembling figure going, please be under 45 minutes long in a condensed replay. So, yeah, I'm just watching this to see. I'm mainly watching for what Jeff said. I didn't realize, I just got that, uh, that the left tackle retiring news. He was thinking about it earlier, so I did prep in case he did. That's what I'm watching for. How can Dallas offenses function fantasy-wise with their left tackle being replaced? Yeah, and I want to be clear, he didn't retire. He's just out for the year. You said retire. I just wanted. I don't know if I misspoke yeah. or what have you. I'm trying no, to I'm, see. I misspoke. I'm, I I think it's great because now he doesn't have to retire. Probably. Yeah, that's true. I'm trying to see if this is America's game of the week, but it's not even showing up on the uh, Fox NFL schedule this week. Is this one? Game child. This, is this one on CBS? That can't be right. Oh, is this is this the Tony Romo game? All right, but I'm going to look that up while, Mike, you talk about – you wanted to talk about uh, sort of the same thing that Evan did about how uh, this uh, Giants team is just bad for fantasy football. And not, you want to know if a wide receiver can crack the top 24 for these Giants. Right, uh, and Evan, I mean, he's he nailed it. I think Evan Ingram right now – Evan Ingram leads the team in receptions uh, with 17. And that's your leading receiver for the Giants. And then you have Darius Slayton and Golden Tate back-to-back. Slayton, 15 receptions, two touchdowns. He's the only receiver on the team right now with touchdowns. And then Golden Tate has 14. This this is, like, horrid, horrid offense. Uh, Cracked the top 24. I seriously doubt it. Uh, For any of these guys, I I think the best option, if you're going to look at if any of them can – sort of give you any kind of benefit is Darius Slayton at this point. But again, none of these guys are good. Daniel Jones isn't good. Um, I think Daniel Jones has potential, but he's not good right now. And just forget about it. I mean, even against the Dallas Cowboys, that's like 30th ranked defense against wide receivers. I don't know if you can even trust someone to on the Giants to crack the top 20. Yeah, if they're going to do it, it's going to be this week, and I don't know if they're going to do it. At least I don't trust them to do it. So to answer the question, the situation going on is because of the um, game getting postponed between Buffalo and Tennessee. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, Denver, New England. This was the Denver, New England situation. The Giants and Dallas shifted to being the CBS late game, except for Indianapolis and Cleveland uh, are getting those those territories are getting the Indianapolis Cleveland game and also Jacksonville for some reason well, I don't know um, and then everybody else is getting Giants at Dallas so it's actually the CBS late game this week it's the Nance Romo game so kind of the CBS version of the uh, America's game of the week um, is going to be Giants at Dallas so I guess that to hear Romo break down what they're going to do to compensate for the missing left tackle I'm excited to hear Romo get really mad at the Cowboys for doing bad things to him going like, Oh, come on. You guys couldn't have gotten me three wide receivers like this. <laughs> I was out there throwing uh Terrence Williams. Is that his name? Yeah. Terrence Williams. Yeah. Yeah. That for a pool, huh? Um, so, all right, let's go ahead. Let's move on. Miles to... Austin. <laughs> What'd you say? Miles Austin. Yeah. Dude, Miles Austin was his boy for so long. And Des, 
I guess Des. We'll we'll give him Des. But yeah, I forgot Terrence Williams. Yeah, Miles Austin. Giving him some uh, not quite Amari, uh, CD Lamb, and Michael Gallup to to throw to. And I don't normally get a question, but I want to see three touchdowns out of CD Lamb. That's not a question. That's a request to the universe. All right, Sunday night football, Minnesota Vikings, Seattle Seahawks. Vikings are 1-3, Seahawks are 4-0. Uh, this looks like a much better game before the season started, but the Vikings have been uh, pretty bad up until the last couple weeks. They've gotten a little bit better. 57-point over-under, Seattle 7-point favorites. And Mike, you want to know which wide receiver in this game has the best day this weekend? Yeah, uh, speaking about bad defenses against the past, Seattle Seahawks are the last um, defense uh, that, or the maybe even if you're the opposing team, you want to see Seattle on the other side of the ball. Uh, so that means Thielen and Jefferson, and then the Vikings are pretty bad themselves. So if you're the, if you're Seattle, you want to be Lockett and you want to be Metcalf. All four of these wide receivers could event be in the top top 25. Uh, also, you could even you're going to see some probably even break the top 12. I'm interested in seeing which wide receiver falls where, but I'd say play them all if you have them. Okay, sounds good. So start them all. Yeah, Thielen, Jefferson. Who's the odd man out if you can only start three? I think. Jefferson will be the odd man out if I had to pick one of them. Um, if I want to be kind of fun with it, I'm going to go with Metcalf. Okay. Wow, Metcalf, huh? That's the odd one out? Yes. I'd pick uh, Jefferson. Evan, who would you pick as the odd man out? Uh, Jefferson's only done it twice. Okay, so we got who two for Jefferson. Again and again and again and again. Two for Jefferson, one for Metcalf. We'll see how that one plays out. So, Evan... Pursuant to what Mike was talking about, you want to know if Kirk Cousins is a deep, decent sleeper start in bigger leagues. Yeah, Kirk Cousins, uh, he's been off. He's only been above 20 points one week. In one week, he was negative. But now he faces the worst defense against the pass, statistically. Uh, if you have to go deep, you're a league where people hoard quarterbacks. You're in a two-quarterback league, uh, and he's your third quarterback. I think he's... An okay start. I don't think he's going to win your week, but I don't think he's going to drop less than 15 points out there. But I'm watching specifically because, more importantly, why am I watching this? Teach a, teach a man to fish and all that. Uh, if Kirk Cousins doesn't do that, uh, he's done. D- don't don't pick him up anymore. I'm watching to see exactly what he does against a mediocre de- uh, defense. So I can. This is the best data point so far for what's going on he's got two great receivers he's got a great offense you got to get it straight here and if not i want to see exactly why not although it probably won't matter but still i want to see why not and if it's great i want to see if he's making good decisions or if he's just uh, a result of seattle's defense being bad this is another one i'm going to do a deep dive on this this week i'm just going to watch kirk cousins and read his body language okay if it's time to make my move Evan's going to get a, a psycho, psychoanalytical on Kirk Cousins this weekend. So we'll see how that one plays out. Um, all right. So, yeah, that's Sunday night football. Then we get Monday afternoon football, guys. That classic thing we know and love. 2 p.m. on Monday wow. uh, Pacific time. Denver, 1-3. and three. New England, 2-2. Two and two. The Rona Bowl. 
Uh, Evan, now I understand this Patrick a one-hit wonder because I thought I saw that and I thought you meant Patrick Mahomes, but you mean Tim Patrick? Is Tim Patrick? Yes, sorry, Tim Patrick. Uh, I'm not sure if I shared this, but the way I my teams were always wide receiver two and three light, uh, and what I do is I just throw a dart or two on the, that week's waiver hotness that I managed to get without blowing too much fab. Uh, and and it only takes me two to four weeks before I have someone that can start every week. So uh, Tim Patrick is the one. Yeah, I did talk about that. Tim Patrick uh, is the one that I'm I'm holding this week. And if he does it twice, then I'll start him the third week. And if he does it again, then he's in there every week. Okay. So you're trying to see what did what did Tim Patrick do over the last couple of weeks that put you in that position to start him? Last week. That is all. All right. So and over this the is last. Just what I do is a dart throw. Over the last I, I couple find of weeks. two to four weeks is all I need to hit on one of these dart throws. Okay, so two weeks ago against Tampa Bay, he was four for 43 on four targets and a touchdown. Last week, he was six for seven for 113 yards and a touchdown. Oh, I guess you said he did it two weeks in a row. Huh. All right. Last week, cool. six for 113 and a touchdown against the Jets. So, Mike, you want to know if James White or Damian Harris will score the most fantasy points this week for the Patriots? Correct. And just a little add a little bit on Patrick. Patriots are 24th worst defense against the pass. So Patrick, you know, can make a nice start for you. Uh, yeah, James Warner, Damian Harris. So I think you have Damian Harris is probably going to get, you know, the first and second down carries. James White is definitely going to be the receiver out of the backfield. Denver Broncos are tough against the run as far as running backs go, um, allowing points for your fantasy players. I like James White in this. However, if Damian Harris in this offense could get down and Cam Newton doesn't march it in from the one, Damian Harris might get that touchdown, which would put him over the top on James White. I, I think it's going to be fun to see which running back uh, actually wins this battle. Um, PPR, I go with James White. Non-PBR, I'll go with Damian Harris. Okay, sounds good. Yeah, this one will be an interesting test. Uh, no Sony Michelle in this one, still on IR. We don't know at this point if Cam Newton's going to be back. Um, probably not. I would not count on it. This is one of the reasons why they moved it to Monday afternoon is because of positive COVID tests. Um, in this one, um, in terms of injuries, I didn't go over that. Drew Locke is a maybe with his shoulder issue. Uh, Philip Lindsay's looking to be back with his toe. Uh, KJ Hamler uh, was ruled out. No Fant. It, no Noah Fant with an ankle issue. Uh, and the Patriots uh, put Stefan Gilmore on the COVID IR. This was why it was pushed back till Monday, so they could do contract contact tracing and additional checks to see uh, if other players uh, or staff have contracted the coronavirus. Um, so the actual Monday night football game in this one: uh, Chargers one and three, Saints two and two, fifty point five point over under. Saints are seven and a half point favorites. In this one, uh, Mike Williams probably sidelined. Uh, Justin Herbert has been named the starter for the rest of the year. Austin Eckler has gone on IR uh, with a hamstring strain. It's looking to be four to six weeks. Uh, Jared Cook and Michael Thomas are, quote, limited in practices. This one, we always say to watch the injury report, but that's not going to help you out unless your pivot is in this game or in Buffalo, Tennessee. So check on Saturday and early on Sunday. Check and see what's going on with those guys before making your decision because it's possible that they both might still be out for the Saints. So, Mike, you want this week see if you're going to uh, start Drew Brees or Justin Herbert? 
Yeah, can you believe we're actually down to that with Drew Brees now? Um, Brees, yes. <laughs> it's, it's, yes. Yeah, I mean, it, it's believable, but it's also like, you know, good Lord, Drew Brees is that bad where you're judging on whether you should start Justin Herbert or, or Drew Brees. And, um, you know, I, I'm i probably leaning more towards Justin Herbert, especially if you're in a PPR league, because he can actually run the ball. And I think Drew Brees is finished. I think if he was, you know, a second-year player, he'd probably be benched. If he wasn't a Hall of Famer, he'd probably be benched. That's how bad it is for Drew Brees. So um, if you have an option between Brees and Herbert, go with Herbert. Yeah, I mean, I kind of tend to agree um, in this one because, yeah, Drew Brees is not looking very good this year. So, um Evan, in this game, you want to see about uh, Joshua Kelly. Oh, before we do that, I'm sorry to cut you off, Evan. Um, Herbert uh, is was was announced as the starter for the season. So uh, yeah, I forgot. I, I, did I have that? I I had that in my notes. Did I forget to say that? Oh, I must have forgotten to say that. But anyways, yes. Might have, you might not have. Um, I uh, might you have know, I'm glad I said it twice because the first time I saw that news, I just blanked and thought it said Herbert was announced as a starter for the game. And it wasn't until the second time I saw that. So maybe a few people are listening had that same reaction. Yeah, no, he's they popped they popped uh, to Rod Taylor and then they named Justin Herbert starter. So, Evan, you want to know about Josh Kelly? Yeah, so does everyone else. You know how it goes. Josh Kelly got 23 carries week two. And he, uh, we all were like, well, this is it. He's going to be the, the thunder to the Austin Eckler lightning. And then the next week, he got 4.2 points on eight carries. And then the next week, Austin Eckler got injured. And we're like, here it goes. going to go downhill. And he managed to get 2.8 points on nine carries. What? This is it. This is the difference. If he comes out here and they're clearly not favoring him, there's no reason to roster this guy. If he comes out there and they're giving him the carries, even if he doesn't produce – that's fine. You want the RB1 that's getting the carries. That's what I'm watching for, number one in this game. Even if they don't get the carries, I'm not dropping Joshua Kelly. This has been a two-back system going back to the beginning of last year. So, And, and the, they, they're, they played Tampa Bay last week, which we keep telling people is a, the worst possible matchup for teams to go up against. So that's he was running into brick walls over and over. So maybe Good, he can I, I, be hopefully, the— Hopefully, then there's another running back out there. The more running backs out there, the happier fantasy is. So maybe this can be the start of a trend, but I wouldn't make any drastic roster decisions off of what you see this week. Um, but yeah, it is something to keep an eye on um, against the Saints, who are also a good run defense. Um, so uh, let's go ahead. Let's go to Tuesday night football. This is a 4 p.m. Pacific start. Uh, Tennessee 3-0, and Buffalo 4-0. and This game might get scrapped entirely. We don't know at this point. It all hinges on additional positive tests out of Tennessee. Um, so... Uh, Mike, you want to know if we're going with Devin Singletary, even if Zach Moss is healthy. And on that front, Zach Moss has still been limited. Um, we don't know what's going on with that right now. Um, there has no decision has been made. Yeah. Uh, as you mentioned, he, he did get some practice time in. Uh, and if, if I'm the Buffalo Bills, I, I'd say, you know what, Zach, take, take another week and get yourself healthy because we have Devin Singletary. And Devin Singletary two weeks ago finishes an RB16. And Devin Singletary last week finishes an RB15. So now we have the Tennessee 
defense that can't stop the run at all. I think they're 30th against allowing points allowed for, for running backs. Zach Moss, take a seat. Devin Singletary, it's all you. So definitely go with Devin Singletary if Zach Moss can't go. If he can go, uh, man, it's just really tough because Moss is getting the, the carries down low. Josh Allen is getting the carries down by the goal line as well. And it's really, you're just hoping that Singletary busts one off from outside 20 yards, which he's just not fast enough uh, to really do. Uh, and you're on top of that, you're hoping that he catches like five or six passes. And once Zach Moss is entered in the lineup, that restricts him as well. So this Singletary's progress all hinges on what Zach Moss does. Zach Moss plays, takes Singletary out. If Zach Moss is out, Devin Singletary should be an automatic start wherever you are. Okay. And another out for the Buffalo Bills, I didn't finish their injury report, um, is Tredavious White isn't going to play this weekend. So that means good things for A.J. Brown. If A.J. Brown is going to play, they're not practicing right now, but even though they're not practicing, the teams do still have to release injury reports based on what they think players would be doing. A.J. Brown is... Would, would have been limited today, but it looks like he's on track to play on Tuesday. And um, Evan, you want to know about if he's going to immediately reward his managers. Yeah, I don't own him in any leagues, and I'm still rooting for him because, you know, people picked him. They spent a considerable a considerable draft choice. And after that, he, you know, got injured in the first game after getting just over six points. Then he was out two weeks, and then he was limited, about to come back, and oh, COVID, womp womp. And so it's just I, I feel for those owners that sorry those managers that have him and are just waiting to start him and this and this week all week it's been like are they going to play aren't they going to play so I just I, even though I don't have him even though I'm going against him a few leagues I'm rooting for AJ Brown to go out there and get a solid double digit game for the people that invested in him to get what they what they bought into. Okay, yeah, so that's what you're checking to see if if he's healthy if he. Does yeah. well in this good matchup because he actually didn't do well in week one before he got hurt. So that was kind of yeah. a concern that got swept. And everything the I say comes with a, and if not, why not caveat to it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a concern in week one that got sort of swept under the rug with the uh, the injury and then the COVID situation. So, all right. Um, unless you guys have anything to add about week five, let's go ahead. We can turn to the FanDuel um, thing we for this week. We don't do that. Yeah. Do <laughs> I'm we, sure I've do... won or something, right? We all did great. Sure. Mike, why don't you take it away for FanDuel? So week four action. Um, Evan did did all right. He scored 112 points, um, nearly 113 with 112.9. But you guys know. You, you know who's going to win this every week. You, you, you know you'd go to me if you need FanDuel advice, especially when – Mike puts up 155.4 points on the on the week. Um, Jeff, yeah. You, you're saying the chaos lineup didn't work? <laughs> the chaos lineup was pure chaos. Uh, chaotic enough to not even allow you to score 90 points. Hey, so, so overall, Mike leads the group with 527 points. Evan, second with 478 and bringing up the rear. Bronze medal, baby. I'm on the podium. You're on the podium for sure, but you're you're carrying the podium. You're not even standing on it yet. No, bronze medalist gets to stand on the podium. I'm on the podium, baby. <laughs> With the Only a two-step podium. We couldn't afford a full podium. 
This can't be over before week five, guys. Come on. Come on. It's not over. It's not over till the fat lady sings. And to quote the poet Will Smith in Independence Day, I ain't heard no fat lady. All right. Mike, who is your FanDuel lineup for this week? My FanDuel lineup is pretty interesting. I'm doing, uh, you know, every time I do a stack, I, I the stack explodes, and not in the good way, in, in the very bad way. But I'm tempting fate once more, and I'm doing a stack. So quarterback, Dak Prescott, 8,700. Running back, Ezekiel Elliott with the Mickey Mouse hair. With nine grand. Running back. Clyde Edwards Hilaire. 7,900. At the wide receivers. Amari Cooper. So that's three Dallas Cowboys I'm putting in there. Yeah, uh, 7,800. Darius Slayton. Uh, in that same matchup. 5,800. Kenny Stills. 4,900. Come on, Kenny. Whoa. Come on. Throw Who's a deep that? ball. Catch a touchdown. Uh, Evan Ingram. Um, I guess I'm doing the stack with the Giants, too, which is probably not a very good idea. Um, 5,500 flex with James Robinson at 6,600 and defense. The the Houston Texans. Alexa, nobody asked you. Um, (laughs) We have a fourth on the pod now. (laughs) Alexa is always barging in. Houston Texans. Spying on me for the NSA. She's okay. a de- There's a lot of fun and helpful things I can do. Okay. Here's a quick introduction. To All right. So, Mike, your your uh, defense was Houston. It, so, it is. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on. You gotta you gotta tell your Alexa to shut up. You gotta. Control your woman. No, I'm just I kidding. wasn't. I wasn't gonna say it. <laughs> yeah, just, well, you know me. I'm the number one advocate. Right. I'm marrying powerful and women. And hey, I watched the I watched the women feed of of yesterday's broadcast. Okay. What more do you want? There you go. So, Mike, I'll run down yours again while you smash your Alexa with the hammer. Uh, Dak, Zeke, Clyde, Edwards, Alaire, Amari Cooper, Darius Slayton, Kenny Stills, Evan Ingram, James Robinson, and the Houston DST. Correct? Sorry. <laughs> Mike unmutes himself and Alexa's talking. All right, Evan. <laughs> Mike's cursing up a storm behind the mute button at Alexa. All right, Evan, why don't you run yours down now? I am starting off with the most expensive player in all of fantasy daily lineups, Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes, for $9,000. And then, okay, if I can't beat him, I might as well join him. Give me Mike Davis for $6,800. Then, uh, you know, I've been starting him every week, and he's not been doing great for me. Why stop now? I don't see any reason. So I'm going with Jonathan Taylor for $7,100. Then Calvin Ridley, you know, if he, he seems to be limited. He was limited, but he wasn't on the injury report at all, has no designation. That's enough for me to pay $8,300 for him. DJ Chark, I'm believing in a wide receiver one over the next few weeks. He's looked mean in a good way. And then give me Anderson. Who is that? Robbie Anderson for 6200 Carolina is going to tear it up against the horrible Atlanta defense, and I want their de facto wide receiver one. Then I don't know. Eric Ebron seems good for me. Pittsburgh is going to crush Philadelphia. Philadelphia, I don't know why I said I don't know. Philadelphia is bad against tight ends, yo. Uh, they're going to feed Ebron, particularly, I think, in the red zone. And then Antonio Gibson, uh, 58, 
$100. I don't think they're going to give Kyle Allen the lion's share of work there. I think that's a sneaky good play. And like I said it before, I think the Steelers are just going to eat up the Eagles, as do the little-known Mexican eagle-hunting spiders. And so I took their defense for $4,400. Once again, Mahomes, Mike Davis, Jonathan Taylor, Calvin Ridley, DJ Chark, Robbie Anderson, Eric Ebron, Antonio Gibson, and your Pittsburgh Steelers. All right. So, I, uh, Evan, I have a shocking number of matches to you, actually. Um, So Mike. Yeah, that's good for Mike. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, Mike, Mike gets to sit back and relax and tell and laugh wildly at us, uh, duking it out. So I went Mahomes as well. I also went Mike Davis, Robbie Anderson, DJ Chark, um, but and Antonio Gibson. So we have Mahomes with one, two, three, four, five at the same. My list overall is Mahomes, James Robinson. 6,600 at Houston, Mike Davis, Robbie Anderson, like we talked about. Uh, give me TD Lamb, as he's now known. Uh, DJ Chark, like I said. George Kittle against Miami is a difference. Gibson, like I said, uh, in the flex. And I'm taking the Rams defense to smush the Washington football team. So, again, that's Pat Mahomes, James Robinson, Mike Davis, Robbie Anderson, TD Lamb, DJ Chark, George Kittle, Antonio Gibson, and... L Rams, as it says on FanDuel. So, guys, it's another week in the books for recording the podcast, getting our work up on the website. Uh, go ahead, check out footballobscurity.com if you've made it this far. Again, uh, our feeds are kind of messed up right now with iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, all that stuff. Uh, we are working on it, but it is a slow go because any changes you make, they refresh overnight. And if they didn't work, guess what? That's another day where it doesn't work. So, um, I will be diligently working to make sure that things get back the way they should be. Um, but do you guys have anything to add this week before we get out of here? Let's hope that it happens. All the games happen. Come on. Let's, let's hope against hope. So, th- uh, thanks for listening, everybody. For Mike, for Evan, this is Jeff. Thanks for listening once again, and you have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.